Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get From these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective Got to fill your voice Coming with the podcast Talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that And we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect We connect like a ball bat No need to double check These are all facts You're listening to us talk raps You're listening to us talk raps Will, Phil, and Reg, yeah, we're Grapsody here to talk raps. Yeah, we're Grapsody here to talk raps. Welcome to another edition of Grapsody. I'm Will Washington. Philip Lindsay's also here. I am in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, we are officially in Mercedes Watch 2022, <laughs> heading into 2023. This we all now are sitting around basically waiting to see what this woman will do next. That's all I that you see what I uh titled this episode. Like I I don't know. Uh also righteous reg is here. In the building. It's your boy Media Man, your favorite writer, your favorite rapper, your favorite podcaster. I hope these mic issues are fixed. I'm just uh, it's been driving me crazy all day, all year. All that's all I ever think about is these dumb mic issues. So I hope today goes well and I hope everything is okay. Yeah, I think folks are going to be like, Reg is loud as hell now. I think that's going to be <laughs> difference. Give me a but break. You... Can I catch a break? A goddamn Kit Kat bar. But, but I, th- I, th- I think you're good. I think think we're good. Sweet. So uh, what I wanted to say, so we were talking right before the show. Uh, and Reg and Phil, of course, you guys held it down. Uh, you did Ask Rhapsody this week. And uh, I didn't get to be there because of uh chaperoning dumbass middle school kids um <laughs> the, i mean look i had to break up a couple of fights um, wow i love it i'm loving it i'm loving it fighting in middle school like these are I'm loving it <laughs> look i don't know um what people think aurora colorado is like but uh you know this is Yes, there are fights in middle school i had what to break up a couple over? of them do you know what know what the issue yeah, is yeah so this was 
the wackest stuff. So I get, um, I, I'm standing over just talking to a couple of parents. We're all just kind of laughing about the music they're playing, mainly because the music to me, I think, is a great indicator of what parents are listening to at home. Because, uh, of course, this is middle school. There's no DJ here. It's just a security guard playing some shit off of his phone over the, the speaker system. <laughs> And so, um, uh, what was it? So he goes and puts on Love by Keisha Cole, right? And, you know, as soon as that opening note hits. At the middle school dance? Right. So, of course, I look up and I go, this song is literally older by a lot than every kid here. Uh, I mean, I was in high school when that song came out. So, again. I I hate that song, by the way. Like, I hate it. Uh, uh, don't like disrespect an Oakland legend like Keisha Cole. Okay? It's, it's not it's disrespect to Keisha. Keisha's great. You know, them things be thangings. You know, she be singing. <laughs> like, great. But, um, no, like, I, I, I always correlate it to somebody that I dated, and uh, she played it all the time, and I hate it yeah. now. Like, so every yeah. time I hear it, I'm like, uh, fucking song. That Get makes that out of here. Yeah. Well, so that song plays, and all these girls start screaming and start singing it. And I'm like, how do y'all eat? All right, we know what's going on here. Like, it's every song that, of course, Security Guard, he looked like he was about 39. So I'm like, this is all stuff from his playlist. Um, And again, I have certain expectations, of course, for school. Not that I, like, really care, but it just kind of jars me when, like, the music's not clean at a middle school dance. Uh, So when I hear the N-word in a song at a middle school dance, I'm like... What is happening here? What are we doing here? <laughs> but um, because uh, what song was it? It wasn't No Guidance. What song came on? Um, God damn it. Uh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue and I can't for the life of me. Uh, shit. This is a Chris Brown hit just this year. Uh, you, you asking the wrong person. I'll listen. Ah, fuck. It's, it's going to drive know. me nuts. Uh, go crazy. There it was. Um, uh, but either way, as soon as that came on, of course, and and the funny thing was middle school dances all really just consist of everybody getting in a circle, everybody's got their phones out, and uh, it's just whatever, who's ever doing what in the middle, you get your little dance battle going on, whatever, and then uh, another song will start, they all run into another circle, and again, dance battles, we're all good. Until one kid takes it all too seriously, and then <laughs> and then the downfall the, of society. That's what happened in the beat it video. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then, but then one kid shoves another one, and then all of a sudden, or the one all I had to break up. The funny thing was trying to stab each other. I had to break up more fights between girls than anything. Uh, I thought it was going to be the boys going at it. Nah, they were good. Uh, and I'm like, one girl runs over to me. She goes, hey, these other girls are going to beat us up. They're, and I'm like, okay. You run and the over. the DJ just hits, it's about to be a what? Girl five. <laughs> <laughs> I run over. <laughs> I run over and I'm thinking, and I, I ask them like, okay, what's going on? And they're like, well, she's spreading lies about me. She said that uh, uh and uh, yeah i'm like uh middle school but then i thought about it and i thought 
after having covered things like Brawl Out this year. <laughs> of um, course. Is this, really, back around. <laughs> is this really so bad? That's all I'm or saying. It's it. it. pro wrestling. It's just like you were thinking last night. That's how I think about the whole situation. I'm like, it's pro wrestling. Just how you're like, it's middle school. I'm like, yo, it's pro wrestling. It, nothing crazy happened here. <laughs> what happened here? Somebody, somebody threw a chair. Yeah. And pro so wrestling. that's. That's how I brought that around. But speaking of which, you guys on Ask Grapsity this week talked about um, the uh, Missy Elliott album, her first one, the uh, uh, the Super Duper Fly. Just had and an anniversary. We, she said it took her and Timbaland two weeks to make that incredible album. I can't even. Craziness. Yeah. You know what's weird, though? I have this mental association with that album um, because of, let me see when it came out so that I'm not going crazy here. So that album. Oh, I think I can guess. It was like 97. I know it was 97, but I'm looking for the specific date. Okay, so that came out July 15th, 97. I didn't get that album till September of that year. And I know I didn't get that album till September of that year because for whatever reason, my brain associates that album with Bad Blood 1997 and, <laughs> uh, and the debut of Kane and wow. the death of Brian Pillman. And so, like, I know it's this weird mental association where I listened to it that weekend, and I listened to it that whole weekend. Uh, and so, all those songs I mentally well, that associate... wasn't until October then, because that was October fifth. October fifth. Okay, yeah. so uh, yeah, I got it October. But it's the debut of Kane, the death of Brian Pillman, all of that. Uh, I mentally associate with that album and he, listening to it the whole way through. And so, when I hear "Socket to Me," for example, for whatever reason. I associate it with Hell in a Cell and Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. That's a hell of a memory. I know. Them things, they got nothing to do with each other. But for whatever reason. We we, we need a cut of uh, Kane um, stomping down to the ring with dun 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 I need it. I want it. And I need to see it. Him ripping off the door. Suck it to me now. Yeah. Honestly, that is... I don't know why, but those are the two things I associate. Yeah. Again, a lot of things in my life tie pro wrestling together. And right. that's one of those things uh, where, again, I, I've told this story on RBR before. I've hinted at it on Grapsity, but I literally lost my virginity the Ooh. day Triple H returned at Madison Square Garden. And mm. so those are two things. January 2002, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah January 2002. Mm. And so those two things, I remember those go hand in hand because uh, it was there one of definitely those. definitely some hands in there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hands went in somewhere. That's hey, hey, no, but it was like getting up and checking the clock and it's like are we laying here because like raw's gonna be on in a little bit and like hunter's coming back <laughs> it's a beautiful day <laughs> it's a beautiful day <laughs> he brought okay, it around that, again that, that is that is a nasty memory to, to triple h bro that is crazy with the denim and the denim with leather jacket <laughs> no nah, that's, that's wild wild nah. wild yeah so if anybody ever needed to know that story of when I lost Y'all it. being nasty you, this week. Phil brought the you, Playboy to Catholic school, yeah. and now Will telling his virgin story. It's like, yo, it's crazy out here. And January 7th, 2002. There you go. Everybody knows the date now. Mm. Um, mm. But anyway, Grapsity. That's what this is. 
Do you guys have any crazy memories you associate with professional wrestling? Let us know. Send us to them in the Super Chats. I'd like to see those. Uh, and then also send us your Humper Chats at HumperChats.com. We'll be reading both throughout the show. And, uh, yeah, let's... Let, let, let's get into it. But send us your super chat to help support what we do here at Grapsity. Helps uh, keep us going and keeping this show going. And we want to hear from everybody uh, this week because, man, there's a lot to talk about. I'm mad you to show no love to ROH in the title. Like, this is ROH day right here today. That's what we're dealing. We're leading into ROH. We're the lead into a great final battle that turned around like a motherfucker last night <laughs> when he started uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean yeah that z- zero hour all of those announcements going into zero hour are uh mm. man uh it, it, they <laughs> the, look if you had told me that i was gonna get on the zero hour trisha dora versus willow nightingale uh on the zero hour how, I'll it, be like, how, how, how are we going to get there? Tell me. Explain it to me. <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> we're here. This is going to be nice. And uh, top flight. Speaking of, yep, Top Flight versus The Kingdom. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is all going to be very good. And you know what? Like, kind of shout out to everybody involved in that one, right? Because, right. like, I think there's no secret that, I, that Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis are good friends of mine. But uh, also... Um, yeah, I love Darius Martin. Um, I've only met, yeah, I mean, I only like, I, I say Darius just because I've only met Dante one time, uh, but twice, twice. Was he old enough to get into um, Wally? That's why he wasn't there. He couldn't get in. He was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's your brother? Oh, he can't get in here. <laughs> right. Somewhere flipping. So yeah, that was. Uh, uh, but on the other hand, you know, I've, uh, this, but Dante, or, but Darius on the other hand, you know, Darius is cool as hell. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really happy he's back and that mm-hmm. the two of them are getting to establish themselves and uh, reestablish themselves, get to show what they're made of. Again, um, I think a lot about that little kid that uh, Reg and I met at revolution or before revolution and the kid had dante martin as his wallpaper mm-hmm. um but he had only started watching wrestling all as a whole like the august beforehand so he had o- he had never seen darius martin he only knew of dante and he was like he's my favorite wrestler um he's just really cool and exciting and then uh but this was the darius had just returned on the dynamite beforehand and so <laughs> the kid was like i didn't know there were two of them mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, so I thought that was really cool how, like, a little kid got to suddenly find out that his favorite wrestler actually has an older brother who's just as good. Uh, and and then them two together doing all their tricks and the top flight shit. It's like, yo, what's going on here? That one finish that yeah. they did a couple nights ago, or was that this week yeah, or last man. week? Yo, they going Dante, crazy. Dante needs his older brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a very interesting card. Um, you know, of course, there is a media scrum afterward. Mm. Uh, I've only missed two of the Tony Khan media scrums this year. Uh, I was at uh, six of them this year. Six, six, six of the eight uh, Tony Khan media scrums. Uh, the only two I will have missed will be um, uh, what was the last pay per view? 
because uh, this one is Final Battle and um, Death Before Dishonor is the other one I missed. Yeah, that's the but one. yeah, I was there for Super Card of Honor. All three of us were sitting next to each other. Super Card. Do of you Honor. think uh, Tony Khan? He kind of maybe a little bit hinted at a TV deal. You think he'll announce it tonight? Maybe. I think they'll at least announce where there will be regular ring of honor programming whatever that is or how right. it's going to be maintained going forward i think they are going to announce that at the yeah, show tonight i i, mm -hmm. I think the, the hints at that were him saying that uh we won't see ring of honor stuff as much on AEW after this pay-per-view yeah. right and then you know uh alvarez also said that he felt like like they were going to break something soon yeah i, I think we know. find out well and tony said specifically on the media call which all three of us were on um he did say that the uh uh what was it he said said that he would be willing to talk about it all right on the scrum tonight or mm -hmm. this afternoon yeah. and so that made me think that some announcement's going to be made on the show itself and then follow up discussion so we'll see what how that goes we'll see what they end up doing and uh what we end up getting out of it i know a lot of people are kind of sick of ring of honor on AEW television get mm -hmm. it and so therefore uh, it is yeah. kind of time for AEW to kind of get back to being AEW right. and Ring of Honor to exist on its own. So yeah. there, there's a lot of good stuff going into this pay-per-view, though. Um, yes. If I'm sick of anything, it's Jericho with the title, man. That's it. That's all. <laughs> the only thing that's that grinds my gears in the most unanticipated match of the show, I think, is Jericho and Claudio, I, sadly I just, enough. Yeah, I mean... That, don't get me wrong. He's been having good matches. I just feel like a lot of this has been a lot of the same. I feel like a lot of feuds have been the same matches. He's wrestled the same people for most of this run. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just ready for something else. The um, thing I've liked about it, I'll give it some credit where it's due. The unique opponents he's faced have been fantastic. Him yeah. facing Bandito, excellent mm -hmm. match. Him against Minoru Suzuki, excellent stuff. Um, yeah. Him against Dalton Castle, Excellent. Like Ishii busted his fucking chest. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, he didn't face Suzuki. He faced uh, Ishii. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He faced um, Ishii. But um, either way, he, he came he, out and tried to tell that lie this week about how having Colt on was solely for the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Captain. Uh, and the Colt Cabana match was, I would say, kind of the weakest of the bunch. But, uh, but even him and Danielson had got to tear it down. And I have been feeling like Jericho has had some killer matches through this run. And uh Yeah, look, and look, Jericho has been on some of the on possibly the best run he's been on with the company this year. I feel like this is the most I've enjoyed his matches and some of his promos, but the feuds are just going on too long, man. Yeah. And I feel like they stayed in this feud with J with not J S, but B C C way too long. Oh yeah. You could hear it Moxley said it twice, just to make sure you knew I am sick yeah. of the Jericho Appreciation Society. He said, after this week, no matter what happens, we are done with the Jericho Appreciation Society. <laughs> yeah. You I, could it, just hear he, you could hear in Moxley's voice that he is serious. Like Moxley to me feels like somebody who is just sick. Sick yeah. of all of this shit. He's a tired uh, dad. But well what I mean by that though is that a lot of Moxley's story in 2022 has been like having to reluctantly kind of save AEW from right. something. Uh, and even this week, this week he wasn't supposed to be on the show. Uh, and the he, 
He had the flu. He and Renee uh, were both sick. Renee didn't end up going. Moxley uh, still had to come in to work, Jesus. and and he worked an awesome match with Kanosuke Takeshita. Flu game performance. Come on, Mike Jordan, twenty three. <laughs> this is crazy. With uh, the flu? Are Are you sure you understand the story with Mox? By the way, because. <laughs> I don't know if we have to, you know, show people video packages and go back and explain <laughs> why Mox and uh, Hangman might be upset with each other. Why would Hangman it, be it, so it upset, wasn't Phil? Clear. Phil, I don't why get it. Why would he I don't be so it. upset? I, I don't know why he's <laughs> mad. Why is he coming down to fight John Moxley? What's he mad about? What, he knocked what, his, what he is knocked he possibly mad about? He legally uh, knocked them the fuck out. Legally. Of course, I'm having fun at some people's expense, but um, I thought that was one of the most uh, odd wrestling takes this week of how people acted like they didn't understand why these people might possibly be mad at each other. Um, here, I can break this down in the simplest terms. These guys are both were both former AEW champions this year that are unhappy with the way they lost. There you go. Mox is frustrated because he got cheated and he didn't get any comeuppance because Regal is now away and Max is now champion and he made that gross uh, Burberry strap for the belt. <laughs> Hangman has just been frustrated since he lost to Punk because of everything he said going into that feud and how he wanted to save the company from him. And he lost. He disappointed people again, which is kind of his long storyline from day one. And on top of that, you know, his chance to be champion this year, he went up against a guy that beat him and beat him pretty handedly and almost put him on the shelf. Well, not almost put him on the shelf, almost put him on the shelf for good. Mm-hmm. And so... No, I, f- I see plenty of reason for him to be mad. And then he came out the night of and was like, nah, nobody in the back can hang with me. Nah, I would have felt the way too. Like, who you, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking to, bro? Word. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I I thought it was a silly argument too. I got my, my piece in on that on Twitter. Um, yours drew out Landstorm. But uh, I don't know how it did. I, that was interesting. Yeah. No, uh, the, shout out to uh, Lance, though. I, I like Lance a lot. I do too. Um, what I will say is, uh, I, I just it has been kind of the story of Moxley's year, right? Like mm-hmm. thinking about how he was supposed to take a six week vacation. <laughs> that man has not had one week off since that six week vacation was supposed to start. Uh, but he was going to be off for six weeks after All Out, and instead he's been on TV every week since All Out. And they just signed his wife like a, look, we're not going to get any time away, so let's just have some time together. <laughs> uh, but, you yeah. know, uh, it's, it's been a lot uh, for him. <laughs> the other thing I saw that was funny is, how are we supposed to know who to root for, man? Both of these guys are baby faces. And it's like, have you not been watching Mox all year? This is a guy that is a baby face, but teeters right along that line of yep. doing things that are, close enough to being healish. He's been doing that for almost two years, but especially this year. I mean, really, look at everything he did in the Tanahashi match. He got booed that night. Right. Look at everything he did in the punk feud. He got mm-hmm. booed in Chicago that night. Look at the MJF stuff. He got booed a lot this year. He doesn't care about getting booed. Um, the thing I said on, on Twitter is I said, man, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Kobe when he came back wearing 24 and that he enjoyed being booed he enjoyed walking into somebody's hometown and silencing the crowd and that's why mox is great Mm -hmm. uh you know though i i think it is weird that we continue to have this conversation um because i don't know i look at ftr versus the acclaimed 
I saw people going into that match, um, specifically longtime wrestling experts going, ooh, babyface versus babyface, you know, this this could hurt. Uh, you know, this the crowd's not going to know who to cheer for. Yeah. That uh, crowd was just hot picked, for everybody. They, mm-hmm. they picked a guy that they wanted to cheer to cheer for several times during that match, and it was Kanosuke Takeshita. <laughs> uh, right. But that's but that's why Mox is so great. And those oh no, matches, but I, I was I was talking about the FTR versus the Acclaim though, and and yeah. how that oh, yeah, that spe- yeah, and that specific match, who was the crowd supposed to go for right? And it was mm-hmm. like, uh, but instead, what we ended up getting throughout the entirety of the match was just a hot atmosphere, right? And uh, I that think concept you... is so foreign to vets. They don't understand it, even though we see it all the time now. Like, we see two faces wrestle each other all the time, and fans just pick. It'll be 60-40 or a little bit more, but most of the time it's yeah. like, like that. If it's hot, it's hot. Yeah, I think a lot of older guys in the industry have a problem with um, this idea of them not controlling who to sway the crowd to do and, and mm-hmm. just letting the crowd dictate the match. For some reason, they don't want to do that. Um, right. It's 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 fascinating. Like uh, I think obviously face versus heel is a is the standard dynamic. But when you have two hot acts and you have two hot acts that the fans are behind, I think there's no more fun atmosphere to me than when the crowd just wants to see both these fucking guys get it on and 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 do it. I mean, who is the face in FTR versus the Briscoes? I don't feel like there was one. It was just two really hot acts. And yeah. at the end at the end of the day, I still have not been in any atmosphere that felt like that shit from mm. the moment these guys were in the ring together, half the audience screaming for FTR, half the audience screaming for them boys, and uh it was just electric the whole way throughout. When you have Two acts at the top of their game. WrestleMania 17, guys. Like, that was the, the main event was the two hottest baby faces WWE had ever had. Now, granted, Rock was obviously in enemy territory because it was uh, Texas. Texas. But even still, just the buildup idea of we have two of the hottest baby face acts we could possibly have in right. Rock and Austin. And to me, still greatest WrestleMania of all time. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm never against the idea of babyface versus babyface when, uh, when they're hot enough to do it. Obviously, that's not something I would do on the low end of things. But when right. you have yeah. something like what you had with the acclaimed and FTR this week, do it. Yeah, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, tag teams and stuff like that later in the show. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, let's talk about uh a number of things. Let's uh read some Humper chats, shall we? Let's talk with uh Kim Possibly Free. Um says for Grapsity. Hello. I won't be able to watch it live because I'm supporting my kiddo during her Lego League competition. Good. Um I I mean like my son's in RoboCon, so I get that. Uh and I'm pretty sure he's got something coming up on a Saturday actually. So mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's going to be after Grapsity, so we're good. Um, but Kim Possibly Free says, however, I wanted to show some love as your podcast has helped me through the most challenging year of my life. Thank you. Hey, I'm glad we could do that. I always um, appreciate hearing that when somebody's going through some hard times, but if you know our banter and 
uh, conversation and jokes and getting them jokes off um, mm -hmm. are able to, to just make life a little bit easier for you for that little bit of time. I'm glad we can do that. And I hope we are able to do that for anybody who needs it. Right. Hopefully uh, next year will be better for you. We appreciate that. Yes, uh, we got Jason R says, Happy Saturday, my dudes. Uh, what match are you most excited for this weekend? And what match do you think will exceed expectations? I think Dog Collar is match of weekend and STP versus Swerve in our glory, uh, potentially being the best match of the weekend. Um, I had my answer on what I think would exceed expectations until they randomly decided to give us this uh, Cobb and uh, Grand Metal League <laughs> mm. match out of nowhere. And oh, that is the one, that's the one. that I think is going to exceed expectations. Um, Straight I, obviously, I think uh, the one I'm looking forward to the most is uh, FDR versus Briscoes. But yeah, you know, Cobb versus uh, Grand Metal League is going to be fire. And that other tag match, AR Fox and Blake Christian against Rushin Drastaliki. Drastalik I can't say his name. But his brother, that's going to be an amazing match. I don't know. Like, that one can steal the show, too. There's a bunch of matches that they announced just yesterday that are crazy. But that Jeff Cobb match is going to be insane. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the show. Um, I'm looking forward to all the wrestling this week. Because, look, um, NXT deadline is happening uh, this evening. The homie Denise Salcedo, uh, as announced on NXT this week. Look, I sat through an entire episode of NXT uh, for that announcement. <laughs> so so you, you got to see uh, Bass Pro Braun? Yep. I saw the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> I sat through the whole thing because, as, uh, as Denise already tweeted, I knew about this announcement months ago. Mm. But the... Uh, and so I was excited for it and waiting for it to, to hit and i wanted to see how it was going to come off and what they were going to say uh so supporting my friend there my co-host over on after the week and she got the uh they made the big announcement uh, that she's going to be hosting and the funny thing was if you were on the sean michaels media call yesterday uh, one of the things sean michaels said was that um he wants to see more of that uh, that he wants to see more wrestling media people hosting those uh, NXT kickoff shows. So damn, Grab um, City Boys at the NXT kickoff show is crazy. <laughs> What's uh, up, HBK? Gotta gotta start watching NXT first. Oh. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I knew there was a stipulation here. So, there's always a catch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that line should be an interesting show. I don't keep up enough with NXT to keep up with like some of the storylines, but. Every time I tune in and I see something like this fishing thing, I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> what is this, man? Yeah, I mean, so I, I maybe catch NXT in full like once a quarter. Um, so I'm aware of all of the the NXT talent that's happening. Uh, like, I'm aware of everything that's going on on the show. This used to be must-see TV. That's why I'm laughing. Like, <laughs> I, I used it, to love it, NXT, It man. used to be like, yo, we if I miss NXT, I can't. But now it's like, I, right. what, when does that show come on? I can't, man. I can't do it, man. I'm sorry. Uh, and I, I watch a lot of stuff that, you know, isn't that great sometimes, but I just can't do it. Speaking of, Impact was fantastic last night, if you guys didn't watch it. Oh, that, uh, I haven't seen it. The that main, main event's event. crazy. Huh? That main event was fire, man. Uh, Alexander versus Speedball. If you have not seen this match, go out of your way to see it. Hour-long match.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is amazing. Um, I think it would have been really easy to go into that match and expect, all right, well, Speedball is just going to lose because they already had a storyline going with Bully Ray. Uh, But they did a really good job of making it seem like Speedball had a real chance of winning it. And Alexander had to go all the way into the edge of his bag to beat this guy. So very good match. Sounds amazing. Uh, Let's see. We got a couple more super chats. Uh, I wanted to read these. This one here is from Chase. It says, my birthday was on Thursday, speaking of Thursday, and damn did Impact give me a good present. Speedball and Alexander taught a clinic. Much love to y'all. Um, I have it on my DVR. I haven't had a chance to watch it yeah, because uh, that's one I wanted to give my undivided attention to. Um, and, you know, speaking of which, because uh, we've got a number of good interviews coming up this week. And speaking of Speedball, we've got uh, Veda Scott we're going to be talking to this week. Um, so if you got any questions for her, definitely send them um, our way. And uh, we're also going to be there, – there, there's a lot uh, we're going to be doing here. And because uh, I also mentioned uh, – I, I already announced it. That's right, because I was on listing <laughs> your boy, because we're also talking to Willow Nightingale this week. Uh, so Yeah, on Ask Graphs today, I was trying to – like I was like, thought we were still keeping it a secret. I no. was like, yeah, we got a blah, blah, blah coming up. They're like, yeah, Willow's coming up. And I was like, wait, what? How do you guys <laughs> – what, what do you mean? How do you know? But they're like, oh, Will already gave up all the deets. I'm like, yeah, all right. We were talking about all the interviews <laughs> and stuff we got coming up. So, yeah, we're – we were interviewing <laughs> coming up this week, uh, so no, we and we've got a Danny Limelight interview that we're dropping uh, this week as well. Um, look, we're we're gonna be just ramping up these interviews here. I coming like up. this. This is cool. All these interviews, I'm having fun. Closing out the out the year strong for you mm-hmm. guys, man. Uh, yes, but yeah, nah. If if you haven't watched that match, go out of your way to watch that match. It's and happy cool. birthday, Chase. And happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Uh, let's see. Mets fan for life says, SmackDown was not entertaining to me. The show format just kills the momentum, enjoyment. Someone convince me I'm wrong, please. I didn't mind SmackDown this week. Uh, I still haven't seen the Kurt Angle segment. I saw everything up until the Kurt Angle segment. Um, but I get it. Like Structurally, it's weird because of how... like Obviously, there's got to be some wisdom to why they structure the show the way they do. That... You know, you get an entrance, followed by a commercial break, followed by you come back, uh, a promo for something, and then a backstage segment. And then we come back from that backstage segment and the person who you saw 15 minutes ago (laughs) entering (laughs) to the ring is now ready for their opponent to make their entrance. And then the match begins, commercial break, 
and then we come back and finish out the match. Um, obviously, there has to be some wisdom to why that works because SmackDown is uh, does well, right? So like, yeah, um, uh, uh, it's not necessarily a for me kind of thing, but uh, it, it's obviously working for somebody. Um, I think uh, it makes it an easy background watch. I think for more is. than anything else, I think it's like. Well, you know, I'll keep the show on because this entrance just happened. So, you know, I can go do some other shit. And maybe when I come back, uh, the match will finally begin. <laughs> um, but... uh, yeah. There were good things about it last night's episode, just like there were good things about last week's episode. But on the whole, man, that show, as always, struggles when Roman is not there. And, man, there were parts of this episode that were not good, man. Uh, this they did this on both shows this week where they did the party backstage and it just Mm -hmm. was like i just don't care about those segments they're very dated they're not funny um i i did think that the jason jordan jason uh, jordan i was great i marked for jason jordan still being kurt angle's son like Mm -hmm. look because it's a very vince mcmahon thing to just be like "Eh, this, this thing from history doesn't matter anymore uh edge and christian were brothers what are you talking about um like that's uh, a very McMahon thing and uh, Hunter has talked about the fact that one of the things he wants to do is respect the history and I love that one of the things in history being respected is Kurt Angle's son is Jason Jordan <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so yeah the Jason Jordan thing was great but as I noted last night when I was watching it I was like wait he shook hands with Shinsuke Nakamura which is a bigger deal than any of that because if you guys don't know he has his history with Nakamura He Nakamura is the guy that beat him to bring the IWGP championship back to Japan after Brock took it away <laughs> when he decided he was just going to take it back to the U.S. and and not bring it back for reasons. Um, <laughs> so they actually have history together. And, and the fact that that is like kind of background noise and the fact that Nakamura still feels kind of unimportant and he doesn't wrestle is a problem to me. Um, and there are several things like this on the show. The Viking stuff. It just ain't for me, man. Ooh, not for, for me, me bro. Nah, that it ain't was for me, buddy. I mean, and so you know, that was one of those times I had the thought of, um, you know, when they did the Legado del Fantasma versus the Viking Raiders. As soon as that kicked off, that was when I had the thought of who are the fans supposed to care about here because right. um, these are Legato, two heel teams. They're cool. Yeah, they're cool, but like ultimately, they're both heel teams. And now the match didn't last very long because Hit Row came out and destroyed everybody. DQ finish, baby. Uh, but I will say the opening tag match was very good. The Usos. The Usos had two really good title defenses this week where they, they defended uh, against a couple of not tag teams. Um, and the, on Monday, they defended the titles against new. Uh, Kevin Owens and Riddle. Riddle was taken out for what they now said was six weeks. And a lot of people are scratching their heads as to why there's all of a sudden this really specific date uh, around why Riddle is off TV. Uh, so that that is uh, a head scratcher. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I legit don't know why Riddle is just suddenly off TV for uh, this amount of time. Yeah, but uh, hmm. and Yeah, the SmackDown women's stuff is just not good. It's just not good. Is it ever going to be? I I do think it will be when they can add some of their bigger stars back. I think Charlotte. Losing, I think losing Charlotte, uh, Sasha, and Naomi around the same time hurt uh, SmackDown a lot. And 
Ronda just hasn't been the Ronda that she was in her first year. And that and they've they've built a lot of the T V time around Ronda and it's just not hidden. Um Yeah. Uh I thought it was weird that Tegan and Liv teamed up this week for the first week ever, got their tag match, and then won basically by DQ and then got a tag title match right afterwards. I was just like, Okay. Uh interesting. Uh yeah. No, the the women's stuff on SmackDown is not good. I don't care about this this uh Lacey Evans stuff at all. Mm. Um I mean, I, the only thing I'm, like, weirded out by, by Lacey Evans, and maybe it's not weird. Maybe that should be her gimmick for the rest of her career, is uh, you could even title her The Repackage, Lacey the Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It sounds because great. Because this is, like, the fourth time that we've been reintroduced to Lacey Evans with a series of videos uh, that are different. These aren't the same as the last series of videos we got from her. Yeah, but uh, they have reintroduced and repackaged Lacey Evans multiple times. She got called up, by the way, at the end of 2018. So we're now four years into Lacey Evans's run. She still doesn't necessarily feel like a permanent part of the roster because of the fact that she's been pulled and repackaged multiple times. I thought that she had a good thing going when she initially came up with the coming out and going backstage. And then we got the payoff um, on the Monday after WrestleMania. And that was kind of her character going forward. Um, but that feud with Becky lasted way too long. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that she had a good thing going with that character. And I don't understand why they won't just go back to that. Because uh, it was working. Uh, but, yeah, I don't care about the lazy stuff at all. Uh, I did not think I would be thinking of this all the way back in April. But, boy, we could sure use Charlotte, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, we could use I Charlotte. I didn't think get, we'd get to this day. Here we are. Get, get no, Charlotte I mean, back look, on TV as uh, soon as possible. Uh, I mean, it's true. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I do think that uh, Charlotte is is missed. Her presence is very missed uh, yes. on TV. And, uh, you know, when the conversation comes up of uh, a potential WrestleMania opponents for Bianca Belair, like Charlotte's the top of the list. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, it is kind of a shame that... All of the conversations right now for potential title matches are around people who weren't around recently. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, Becky will have at least by WrestleMania have had, you know, a few months in, but she just recently returned. Uh, and it's like, okay, Becky's back going for the SmackDown Women's title against Ronda Rousey. Um, we need Charlotte back to go for Bianca Belair. Uh, in the Raw Women's title. Uh, the talk of either The Rock or Cody, neither on TV right now, going up against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. There's not necessarily conversation around who is, uh, who's already there that we who's, could potentially who's, see. Who's been there killing it all year and is not getting a shot? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that's what you want to see. It is Seth Rollins against Roman Reigns. Um, I went back and watched the go-home promo to Royal Rumble this year. I forgot that was actually really good um, with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns going at it and uh, Roman talking about, I've never forgiven you for what you did to the Shield. Uh, And, uh, you know, because that's a funny statement to make when you think about the amount of Shield reunions they've had Mm -hmm. and the idea that Roman is still sitting here like, Fuck this guy, man. Like, right. I don't give a fuck about this S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion. Mm-hmm. This guy stabbed us in the back. I kind of like that idea that Roman has held a grudge about that through everything. It's actually pretty good. 
Yeah, I, I just think uh, that some of the best stuff about the Roman stuff as a heel is, is him harboring all these grudges for all this time. And it's like, yeah, now that I'm not a good guy. By the way, I ain't never like none of that shit. Get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Derek Gordon says, what, uh, what's funny was that Ruby Tie happened on the same show and people weren't acting confused as to why they are fighting uh, mm-hmm. in regard to... Um, yeah, the, we had the Ruby reunion and or Ruby returned. She came out, attacked Ty Conti. They have a match coming up, but Winter is coming. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, another. Did did they do? Because I know they advertised on Rampage, and maybe I missed it. Was there anything that involved the two of them? Uh, no. Did I miss something that involved the two that involved Ty Conti and and Ruby besides the match announcement? Mm-mm. Uh, no, besides, besides Ruby coming out and jumping her, no. Okay. Huh. No, but no, absolutely right. Nobody acted like, oh, why is she mad at her? And that happened like the on the exact thing. That happened on a thing, watch, that was on the pre-show to the pay-per-view. That wasn't mm-hmm. even on uh, where she got it hurt. It wasn't but... even on network television. Right. Yeah. It was on uh, YouTube. Shytown Spurs says, hey, guys, going to bring up the spooky elephant in the room. Two months into Bray Wyatt's return. How are you feeling about it? Um, I, I'm still with it for, so far. I just think that uh, they picked a bad first opponent for him. I don't think L.A. Knight is a good opponent for him because L.A. is still kind of establishing himself as this new character. And so now what is really the upside for L.A. Knight after this feud? Like, if he loses, then what? Uh, let's see. We got some more super chats. I'm gonna make sure I get <laughs> the sidestep you guys did. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> go for it. We'll have at it. Okay, I mean, you want to hear it? I will uh, straight up say. Uh, I will straight up say it. And first, I want to read this uh, Humper chat from Morocco along the same side. He says, "What are y'all's thoughts on what Oscar might be teasing? Is it a monkey's paw if it's involving Wyatt? Um, <laughs> Why does it have look, to involve Wyatt? We're different." I mean, because I've heard the theory that, uh, you know, with all of the teases that keep happening with Wyatt stuff, and it's usually around Alexa, that what if it's actually secretly Asuka that's being recruited and not Alexa? Um, and, okay. And, you know, she posted the, the, the Kana gear this week, and so a lot of people are starting to think, like, ooh, what if she goes a little bit spooky and ends up in the Bray Wyatt-verse? Um, hence why he said monkey's paw, because that could possibly be shit. Uh, so the thing is, as far as why it's concerned, I do think at the moment it does feel like the luster is off. Um, it definitely no longer feels like that first week. That first week it was like everybody is going nuts. Everybody's talking about uh, trying to pick out the lore and, uh, it, oh, who's the Wyatt Six going to be? What All of that, that conversation is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think with a good performance, he can get it back. Um, maybe not all of that back. Obviously, you'll never have the hype of a debut or return back. Uh, that's, that's a one-time thing. I do think with a good performance, he could get it back. But I also think that with a shit performance, it's gone. And so he's it's sink or swim for Bray Wyatt uh, with whatever the first thing he does is. And because if it turns out to be like, you know, like a Fiend match, it's over. I think that uh, you're not going to get that conversation back again. Um, and my homeboy, L.A. Knight, is not that great of a worker to carry him. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I don't think that he was a good idea for a first opponent. I'm going to slightly disagree in that it's sink or swim because he's still getting some of the loudest reactions every time he comes out. And for that crowd that is quiet for everything, we talked about this last week, they're quiet for a lot of things. They get loud for him. Um, And they don't get loud for a lot of things. So I think that is at least something to be optimistic about. I do think that they've been dragging on too long before he gets back in the ring. And I don't know if that's because, as we talked about, he's not in ring shape yet. I don't know if they're still trying to plot out what is next for him, but this is the thing that I've grown to have a problem with with all the returns is that they don't have a plan for anybody. They just bring people back and throw them in a pool and go, hey, all right, have fun, and walk away. And it's like, all right, well, where are we going with this? What's the direction? We haven't really had a direction for anybody that came back outside of maybe Cody, and you can make an argument. They didn't really have a direction for him either. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) Uh, well, I, either way, I am, I'm still waiting to see. I'm not down on Wyatt, even though, like, Bray Wyatt is some of my least favorite stuff in the history <laughs> of pro wrestling. I'm not down on it right now. Um, and a big reason for that is because um, I've always said that I feel like uh, Wyndham Rotunda as a performer has potential. It's right. just none of the Wyatt stuff ever hit for me. I know it hits for Phil, so um, that's why I won't say it's bad. But I will say that that is not. I mean, for if me. you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah, and that's but that's the thing. It's not for me, and that's why I I will say it's not for me. Um, I don't have to say much more than that. Hey, we got some other ones though. Uh, Jennifer says, "Making up for missing last week. Much love, gents. You are all amazing. Thank you for being uniquely yourselves. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Jennifer. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Categorically false. Josh Jones. Is it categorically false that they had no direction for him? They basically were trying to stall until money to, in the bank, but that doesn't mean they had a direction. They had that man in in one-off matches with Miz and wrestling Rollins three times in a row. That's not really a direction." I mean, yeah, maybe he was going to win the money in the bank, but we have no way of knowing that now. I mean, I think Cody definitely came back to WWE with a plan. I think that obviously he there had was a plan. Well, no, but I think that, you know, when he because he talked about the people he met with, um, it, that convinced him to come back to WWE that he talked about meeting with Vince, meeting with Bruce Prichard, and like they obviously gave him enough of a creative pitch that said to him, "Okay, like the other guys, the other guys were were not necessarily in a position to have a choice, right? It wasn't like you know they went right. to Hit Row and were like, "Hey, Hit Row, we got years of plans for you guys." It was like, "Hey, y'all ain't working, come back." Right. But like with Cody, Cody was already in another company and running that other company, and so it was like, "Okay, you guys, ha- we have an idea for you. We we see this for you." Come on back. And Cody obviously liked what they were presenting to him. So I think there was a plan for Cody. I, I um, think at they least... were the bare bones of a plan. But mm-hmm. when you say there's a direction, I don't believe they had months of storyline plotted out for him. I mean, I, like I said, I feel like because you see what the stuff Teal was posting too of like how you guys are really going to like what you see from Cody when he shows up. And like, I think, uh, I really do think that he was, um, that he went with a plan. Uh, whereas, yeah. like I said, everybody else was like, all right, these are all just like unemployed people. Um, yeah. that, 
and Cody's a unique case too. I think Cody, like I said, he he came in with aspirations for things mm-hmm. that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody else was allowed to come in the room and do the same thing that he did. No, no, I I don't think anybody else had the ability to because um, they didn't necessarily come with a whole lot of leverage. They didn't right. necessarily come in with, hey, I just came off of. Uh, came from the other company where I was literally holding one of their championships while not under contract uh, because Cody's last match for the TNT title where he dropped it to Sammy Guevara, he was not under contract <laughs> when he had that match. And uh, and so, yeah. yeah just... Gave y'all a five-star classic, mm. not on contract, and y'all hated this man on the way out. <laughs> thankless, thankless task over there, man. Right. Um, I mean, I, I guess the only other person I can think of is probably like Damage Control. They had the bare bones of a direction because they had they had at least the stuff plotted out to Survivor Series, um, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. The in between was whack. Well, uh, we'll talk about a couple of other things. So, um, D'Lo Dick says, "Sup, my brothers. I hope y'all had. Uh, hope y'all had enjoyed the week." Uh, mine's was rough. Hey, I'm with you. I had a really, really, really rough week, and I have not quite recovered from rough week, and it may be a while before I do. So I'm with you, D'Lo Diggs, on that. Um, but at least I have these guys here and this show and all of you guys out there to mm-hmm. to as a nice distraction for a minute. So thank you. Right. Um, but he says, quick, random question. What was the best wrestling gear of the year? Personally, I say Osprey's Hayabusa gear is goaded. That was fire. That was super uh, fire. What was the best gear mm. this year? I'm pretty sure that's one of the polls, by the way, for the um, uh, Fightful Awards, which I want to plug. If you haven't voted yet, get your votes in. Uh, we have the first annual Fightful Awards coming up here. Uh, the voting is underway. Um, we all participated in the nomination process, but then as far as the voting is concerned, it's up to the Fightful Select subscribers, FightfulSelect.com. Um, we've been putting up two polls a day, and uh, I've been getting my votes in. You know, the Right now, the poll up is for best gear. Mm. So um, there's yeah. some great options here. I'm seeing Jordan Grace at Bound for Glory, Jade Cargill's Mortal Kombat gear, mm. uh, Seth Rollins' Polka Dots at Hell in a Cell, uh, uh, Thunder Rosa as The Bride. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Sasha Banks' pick- Sailor Moon, by the way. Mm. Oh, that was this year. Yeah, mm. C- CM Punk's ROH Revolution uh, gear. Mm. If I had to pick the Seth gear, I don't. why didn't people pick the Clash at the Castle Elton John joint? Hmm. Don't know. That one wasn't nominated. Uh, I felt like that was possibly like his biggest, like <laughs> most ridiculous gear this year, or or the WrestleMania gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, get your votes in, uh, and that's what we're voting on right now. And there's way more options than that. Uh, so get those votes in, though. And then me, Denise, and Sean are going to be hosting the uh, Fightful Awards presentation ceremony. Um, that's coming up in January once we. Uh, get all the final results in as far as the the votes are concerned but definitely get those votes in. we have multiple other categories as well uh such as see what polls are up right now we've got announcer of the year um and i am looking at the the votes for those because if there's some great when I really think about it, this guy hasn't missed in pay-per-view gear all year because I was really thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, he came out with the Seth gear. He came out with the Shield gear, Royal Rumble. 
Then he had like the RVD joint at uh, Extreme Rules that was fire. I'm looking at announcer of the year, and uh, I will say it's it's fairly close because there's some good options here. You know, um, a lot of people have talked about how Michael Cole has really stepped up. Of course, Taz is nominated. Pat McAfee, Excalibur, Ian Riccoboni. Uh, we mentioned Veda Scott. She is nominated. Um, a lot of great options this year to to vote for uh, for announcer slash. Um, so yeah, it's just announcer of the year. So that's the that category. Get your votes in on that one if you haven't yet. Uh, we also have storyline of the year. Spoilers. There's only two options in that poll. Really? Mm-hmm. There are two options. There are only two things nominated. We try to get everybody's nominations. CM Punk versus MJF and Sami Zayn in the bloodline. Mm. Fix. Like the fix is in. Like, there's multiple feuds that we still haven't done feud of the year, but as far as storyline of the year, that's been it. Those have been the two things nominated were Sami Zayn of the Bloodline and CM Punk versus MJF. Yeah. Get your votes in, folks. Which one was your favorite storyline this year? Uh, and we're also still voting for crossover athlete of the year, um, best wrestling podcast or wrestler podcast slash vlog. Uh, and we've got best comic book slash video game slash artist, basically um, anything that is kind of an external art of prof- or professional wrestling. Uh, we've got rookie of the year, some great nominations there. Uh, and because uh, we've got Takuma Fujiwara, Braun Breaker, Hook, Creed Bros, Logan Paul. Um, get your votes in on those for rookie of the year. Uh, we have best cameo of the year, celebrity cameo. We have uh, best under 20 finisher of the year. And I think another category just came through. Uh, no, that was best gear. So that one's still there. It's the same one. So <laughs> either way, get those votes in. Fightful Awards. I'm excited about those. I'm really excited. I love doing award shows every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing that uh, this will be the 18th award show I've done in a row and uh there's nothing i have more fun with than kind of just getting to look back at the end of the year and get to discuss it and present it's it's my favorite part of the year is looking back at like all the stuff that took place and the last few years have been really good about that i still feel i didn't think i was wondering if i would still feel this way at the end of 2022 and i do but 2021 was one of my favorite wrestling years ever Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I was like, eh, maybe it's just because I, I, it's recency bias. But here we are a year later, and I'm still like, nah, Again. man, that return, that return to the road for everybody was mm-hmm. just like, everybody came out swinging, and it was a really, really, really great time for a little bit of, yeah, I just getting story, to be outside again. I've been sitting here the whole time. You've been talking. I think like two storylines of the year. There should be more. And I'm like, I think that people are missing uh, Garcia and Brian's story from early in the year. That should mm-hmm. be on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Possibly Yuta getting recruited into BCC also. That also was a great storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we only had the two nominations. Two I can think of. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, course, the, those the... two are not going to win. But if I'm just thinking about <laughs> the storylines, um, uh-huh. those two are hot storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It was Sami Zayn and the Usos and CM Punk and MJF were the, the two nominations. Usos. 
So there's <laughs> uh, talking about the the music association thing. Life of Deem says, even though it didn't happen at the same time, but for some reason in my mind, Austin returning at Backlash 2000 is always associated with Annie up by MOP. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close. I mean, I mean, honestly, I can see what you're seeing. Like, I mm-hmm. have never made that mental association, but. I am hearing that beat right now with Austin just laying out them chair shots. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it kind of works. Yeah, we need the music video makers in our comments. You got some work to do. We need this video. We need Kane stomping out to uh, to me. <laughs> like, let's just do all of them for us. Come on. You can live. <laughs> Kane coming out to socket to me is hella funny. The worst part, though, Kane coming out to socket to me is going to work up here. It's totally. one of those things that is just going to look and sound right in my brain. Uh, and I still don't know why. Uh, let's see. We've got Sasha to talk about. So it was announced. Um, Pre-W Insider broke the news. No announcement yet. It's still a rumor. But um, Mike Johnson broke the story that reportedly Sasha Banks is preparing to be involved in Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... How historic is it, though, that <laughs> if this report is true, that they New Japan went and sought out Sasha Banks? Because that's what the report says, is that New Japan is bringing her in. It's not like she's just showing up and buying a ticket, because I've seen people like, oh, she's probably just going to be in the crowd. Like, no, that's not reportable news, guys. Like, it is it is newsworthy if she just shows up. But no, we nobody would just put out their report if uh, it wasn't something like, the company itself is bringing her in to be there. Um, That's a pretty big deal. Um, That's a pretty big deal for uh, a lot of reasons, not just because of Mercedes watch 2022, Mm -hmm. um, but just what uh, her match with Bailey meant to the world, just what the women's revolution did for women's wrestling. And, you know, I know you can throw all your faults on WWE and how they have, you know, exaggerated the women's revolution in some ways but it did change women's wrestling a lot i remember when a lot of indie promotions did not have women's championship yep. that changed after 2016 um the uh, bushy road and stardom have outright said that part of the reason that they wanted to partner with new japan and do more stuff like that is because of women headlining wrestlemania mm. and so I think uh, it says a lot about Sasha. So what place. you're saying, Phil, is that we owe Stephanie McMahon a thanks for creating oh, wrestling God. because no, no, I mean no, she no, look no, she no. came out <laughs> look guys she came out to the ring and she said women's wrestling I birth you and then women's wrestling was created that night where she brought out Charlotte. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I no I am definitely not giving <laughs> Stephanie that credit no uh, way. But no, I, I just think that this says a lot about Sasha's place in the women's revolution. And I think it says a lot that she could possibly be at the forefront of the next biggest shift in women's wrestling next year, not just with Joshi wrestling coming and being at the forefront again and possibly going to AEW and making changes and possibly going and being a part of a bunch of other things outside of WWE. It's huge. It's, 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 uh, it's big news if it happens, of course. That's a big if. I mean, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about all the ifs. Let's talk about all the scenarios. Let's let's do this. It is Sasha Watch. Segment has begun. You can mark the time on your show. At exactly the one hour mark of this show, we are discussing 
Sasha Watch 2023. Yes. And the reason I say 2023 is because apparently she ain't doing shit else in 2022. Right. Except she's going to do Bailey's stream. She's um, she been doing stuff in 2022, too, apparently. Which is, mm-hmm. Yes. You know. But wrestling-wise, she's... Fruition in 2023. Right. Wrestling-wise, she's not going to do anything else in 2022. And that, of course, brings up an important question. Why? Because... Everybody's been talking about the percentages that mm-hmm. we've been giving out recently. You know, a month ago, I was like 90% sure she's going back to WWE. Uh, and I said 2% AEW. And now my AEW percentage is up to 60. Mm-hmm. And my WWE percentage has plummeted. And I said why on uh, Day After Dynamite. Shout out Andrew Zarian. I had him on as a guest this week on Day After Dynamite. We got to discuss all of that. But I feel like Sasha has had her people tell anybody who's looking to book her she's not available till 2023, mm-hmm. January of 2023. But she's not telling any of these people I'm not available at all. It says January 2023. Mm-hmm. The only people who have the ability to restrict her time on that is World Wrestling Entertainment. If WWE, if WWE were where she were headed next, they could bring her back yesterday, right? Yep. Because that's that's the only restriction on time right now is a contract with WWE who could easily just say, "Eh, no, there's no time restriction on anything," mm-hmm. and so. This has me thinking about Raj Giri's report from earlier this year, back in June, where he did say that um, he's seen it, that she did get her release. There were talks of lawyers being involved, and that one of the uh, big pieces of those stories back at the time was Sasha Banks will likely be released from a WWE contract, but it has a lengthy non-compete that probably goes, I recall at the time, saying through the end of 2022. All of this January stuff starts popping up, right? Mm-hmm. We are talking about Wrestle Kingdom coming up in January. And uh, now all of a sudden, AEW announces for the January 11th episode of Dynamite, Soraya is going to have a mystery partner versus uh, the pillar and the killer, Britt Baker and uh, the AEW Women's World Champion, Jamie Hayter. When I think about all of that, think about how last minute Tony tends to announce stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, literally, mm-hmm. all these matches for this pay-per-view today, Ring of Honor coming up in literally an hour and a half. All of those matches were announced, last a night? lot of them, last night. The tag title match was announced on Wednesday. <laughs> like 13 hours before the show, he's like, here's all the matches. <laughs> yeah, like, Tony Khan is not necessarily one to announce stuff really far out unless he wanted people speculating on the match itself. 
Even because I saw some people going, well, maybe it's just because, you know, Soraya is a special attraction right now. So they announced it a month out. They didn't even announce Soraya's comeback match till like a week and a half before nah, Full Gear. Man. What are we talking about? Like, this, this, this feels a lot like Last Dance. This feels a lot like they have something specifically in mind for this date. And that's why they have it circled. And if, for people that's just like, oh, why are you jumping to the conclusion that it's Sasha? I don't know. Maybe the fact that Soraya said that that was the first person she called when she got cleared. Maybe it's the fact that they are linked because the last WWE match that Soraya was in at Paige was a match with Sasha in that yep. Sasha was the person that kicked her in the back of the neck that, no, this is, this is all linked. And, and uh, honestly, like I was thinking about, that's kind of a moment, right? Like, yep. think about that in front of that Kia Forum crowd, the one of the biggest crowds AEW runs, to be able to, like, share that moment, like, that hug of, like, a, hey, we're good. Like, that's that's it's a big a moment. That's a big a moment in women's wrestling. It's a pretty big, big moment, but it's also pretty important to Sasha's character and everything we've known her to do for the last... I don't know, seven years to make friends with somebody and eventually turn on them. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, but, but like I said, just thinking about all of that, and I talked about a, a conversation I had with somebody in AEW, and they specifically said to me, I don't, you know, we talked, uh, Fightful Select has a report out that, you know, we asked around in AEW, um, and nobody really has an answer or is willing to give up an answer, but at least is saying the idea of her being in AEW is really exciting. And mm -hmm. that if it is her, holy shit, you know, the women's locker room is like rubbing their hands together about ideas they got and uh, they're hoping that's who it is. And uh, the statement I got from somebody in AEW was along the lines of, Tony wouldn't announce a match this far out, you know, because it's over a month away. Look, right now, this episode of Grapsy, this is December 10th. We're still talking January 11th, so it's over a month away. Uh, four weeks from this coming Wednesday. That's a lot of time. And uh, it's one of those, wouldn't announce it this far out if you didn't want people speculating around it, if you didn't want there to be conversation, if you didn't want ticket sales being driven by innuendo and rumor. Uh, because yeah, that's what I'm saying it feels a lot first like last, dance. Da last dance. Uh, yeah, the first dance. Um, because last dance. no, last dance was Jordan. Yeah, first, first dance was Aiden. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yes, no, but um, the first dance. Uh, but uh, it was along those same lines of like, look, we're not gonna say it's punk, but. We are at least going to open the door for you to start talking about it being. We're going to all but say that it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Jordan, and they did. They did say, you know, certain boss-related things on commentary. If you go back and listen, <laughs> um, I don't think that that was all a coincidence. I think that uh, I don't know if this means that she's going to sign there, but I think just the prospect of her doing something with AEW and doing stuff outside of wwe for even a year is interesting uh i, I, I just I, I think that she is gonna kick into high gear in january mm -hmm. and she's about to have some fun come january um whatever it is she does because again um i know the rumble is a good place to bring her back i don't think that's a bad place to bring her back and don't think that i'm saying it's a bad place to bring her back but what i am saying is that the best place to bring her back was Survivor Series. Right. That was her hometown crowd. There was no bigger story there than that. When you think about all of the people in that match that she had history with, 
Bailey in particular. And I think the fact there, there's one big kind of uh, red flag going on here that tells me that whatever she's doing next might not be WWE involved. Do you know what it is? Bailey. Mm. Because she's been willing to make a whole lot of public appearances with Bailey. She's been posting pictures with Bailey, training stuff with Bailey. She's doing a stream with Bailey later this year. So she's at least willing to to throw that story, um, the the storyline of her having any type of animosity with Bailey. Last time we saw them both on TV, they were not friends. Uh, this is a, a duo that most famously had a hell in a cell and have not been, are not supposed to be cool right now. And right. so the uh, and Bailey's a heel. They know people want to see Sasha back, so she would be functioning as a babyface. And the fact that they've kind of toss that out and are like, no, we're cool. You know, you know us, we're friends, real life. We're friends tells me that behind, or at least, like I said, there there's, because to me, the story going into survivor series, if you were going to bring her into survivor series would have been having her, um, on team Bianca, like as a reluctant person, but ultimately Bailey's the true enemy because Mm -hmm. Bailey is who she is because of all of this. And that didn't happen, right? And, and it was like, well, maybe he, you know they're they're waiting and all that. And then she turns around just to make sure, shows up at the very arena at the Boston TD Garden four days later at a Celtics game. Like, nah, I'm in town. I'm in Boston. Yeah, I'm at um, this arena. <laughs> but, and the yeah. only place that has the ability to bring her back at any time would be World Wrestling Entertainment. If she right. wanted to return to World Wrestling Entertainment right now. Today, they could bring her back right now. No problem. Yeah. There'd be no restrictions on waiting. Yeah. But she I, told people, she told, Conan reported on K100, she told people that she's not wrestling till January. Why is yeah. that? That's, uh, I don't know. Mystery. In August, I kept saying 100% sure she was going back. Um, and I have reasons to think that, uh, things that I heard, and just everything around it, the fact that, you know, uh, Trips was getting all of his people back at that time. If it was just Vince negotiating, it, I was like, I was, I was like, <laughs> right, no way, Sasha's yeah, gone. But <laughs> once, once it was Trips back in charge, and Trips was getting all his people back in charge, and you know, Sasha is kind of a Trips um, acquisition. So, right, mm-hmm. uh, I expected him to make this happen. I thought that because he's made all the other ones happen, he's gonna, he's gonna get her to sign on the dotted line, and her and Naomi will be back. Um, and so when it didn't happen at SummerSlam. And I heard there were plans at SummerSlam that fell through. I was like, all right, well, I still think she's coming back. Um, and so my date was Survivor Series. I was like, they'll have, this, they'll have this knocked out by Survivor Series. Didn't happen at Survivor Series. I was like, uh, that's when it dropped to about 80%. I was like, okay. Um, then, you know, I saw something before that report came out. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then that report came out. I was like, hmm. You're about 40%, man. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I don't think that she's going back. And that's not to say that I don't think she's ever going back to WWE. I just don't think she's going back now. I think that that she is going to go and do whatever she wants. And I think that has shown in everything else she's been doing outside of wrestling. Like, you know, this is a company that tried to damage her image outside Mm -hmm. of them. And she... 
spent the summer all the way into the winter rebuilding her image, going and doing all of this stuff, like going to, to you know, uh, Hollywood events and doing all these photo shoots and, you know, making all these appearances. And now I, all those people that are like, she's not wrestling. No, no, went to, went to Mexico for a month, has been training, has been training since she got back. Um, no, I think all of that stuff was to say, let me take a break. Um, let me, let me show y'all I am her. And let me also go get back in the gym because I'm going to show y'all I'm really her next year. Like, yeah, stop you know, playing the, with me. <laughs> the one thing I want right. to just kind of throw back at people because we were saying it at the time. Let me scoop my chair in for this one. <laughs> let me bring one of the arms of my chair up so I can get even closer. All right. So a lot of people were saying Sasha don't need wrestling. You know, she's bigger than pro wrestling. She's going to move on. She's going to do Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, do y'all know this woman at all? Like she lives and breathes this, like this is Sasha Banks. This is what she does. This is a lifelong dream of hers. I think if anything, talking about like when you think about her on the Stone Cold podcast last year and some of the ambition she has, if anything, I feel like getting to do what she does best in the ring and having a little bit more control over that and mm-hmm. being uh having it essentially be her destiny and all of that i feel like that seems more up her alley to be like i'm in charge now i'm in charge of everything mercedes yeah. right and it works I mean, out for her because she already has all the wwe accolades so it, it does, it's not going to be looming in the back of her brain like i still want to do this she's no i did this i made it main event of wrestlemania Hella time women's champion. I've been in hell in the cell. I've been in all the big matches. Like I have done everything yeah, I, I needed to do there. Man, Iron Woman in the Royal Rumble, all right. of the accolades she's she's had, like possibly the most influential women's match of the past decade. Right. Uh no, I mean she's done everything there is to do there. And she's except win the that, rumble. Except yeah. the rumble, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, she said in that same interview with Stone Cold that uh, my dream was to wrestle in Japan before they called, and so I don't know. As soon as I saw that 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 uh, Wrestle Kingdom thing, I was like, "Nah, she's she's probably gone. She's out." Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be a really interesting Wrestle Kingdom this year because this Wrestle Kingdom is confirmed to have AEW talent, and yeah. uh, we've got Kenny Omega on the show. Um, and now that we have Night Two announced, and because I know people were worried about Night One because Night One is the same night as. Uh, dynamite in seattle you're not doing dynamite in seattle without brian he's literally mm-hmm. on the main person on the poster mm-hmm. you can't but brian has talked about wanting to work wrestle kingdom wanting to work the dome so brian's probably at night too which yeah. is great because Hopefully. we gotta get well night we gotta get the his, dome is it i don't think it's in the dome uh the, yeah no night two's not in the dome but mm-hmm. at the same time you still want to have brian working night two and just working in japan um, he, we still are owed a match with Zack Saber Jr. And yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, this is all just crazy. Just the fact that she she put that graphic of her wrestling Kyrie up on her Instagram, and then Kyrie reshared it, and none of us were like, "Ah, oh, that's probably just a dream match, <laughs> right?" <laughs> she, could probably, she, she could possibly come out and challenge her at Wrestle Kingdom. Like that's that's enormous, man. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know how but, we got here. Uh, man, this is going to be such a dope time. And because the thing is, we already have confirmed AEW talent, but we have WWE talent technically confirmed. Now, granted, it's 
uh, a situation where the WWE talent still holds gold <laughs> machine gun. <laughs> but but at the same time, WWE could have just said, well, I don't give a fuck about any of that. Like Vince right. would have just been like, I don't care. You're not mm-hmm. working New Japan I mean, pro wrestling. Right. Shin- Shinsuke's working Noah, so yeah. we're in different times. Um, I know. Uh, we are definitely in different times. But it's a Noah that has a working relationship with AEW. The right. point of where, um, as was talked about before, before the Shinsuke thing was approved, they went and asked Tony if this was okay. Like, And Tony was like, yeah, it's fine. I don't care. Uh, but just to make sure they didn't piss off their other partner. Yeah, the wrestling um, world is very, 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 very different than it I, was before. I, I would not be surprised if 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 Machine Gun does not lose on the last night of World Kingdom of World Tag League uh, because people are like he's going to lose. I would not be surprised if he doesn't. Um, mm. And part of me would think that that's very crazy. Carl Anderson strutting down to the ring with that belt with AJ Styles behind him. That would be. That would be nuts. Could you um, imagine? And I, do, and I do think it's possible. Um, I have people that are like, no, it's not going to happen. I do think it's very possible. Um, and that is actually my bold prediction for next year. I do think that he will wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I could be wrong, uh, but I do think it's going to happen. Um, you think Carl Anderson's wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom, and you think you will have AJ Styles with him? I think it's possible. Just <laughs> something, something about that video when he was uh, talking about, man, you got to talk to my booker, and it, and it cut to, uh, to Gallows, and then he was like, I don't know, you think that's okay? And then it cut to AJ sitting next to him. I was like, ah, mm, interesting. A very different time. This is all about to be very different time. Mercedes watch twenty twenty. This is insane. Mercedes I, watch. I, no, I, I'm. I, I again, like I said, by. Uh, alerts all went off uh, Wednesday or on Thursday when uh, everything was announced. But again, uh, because I, I I put the tweet out, I wanted to see what people were thinking. I tweeted yesterday, "Who do you think Soraya's partner is going to be?" Now they could very well just like announce this Wednesday. Oh, it's Thunder Rosa, and then we're good. right. Um, yeah. But again, thinking logically. You would not announce Thunder Rosa's return without knowing she's already clear, right? No. You don't announce, like, oh, she's going to be clear, so we'll announce that return. And if you know Thunder Rosa is already clear, they're in San Antonio in two weeks. That's the time to bring Thunder Rosa back. Mm -hmm. And so right off the bat, I'm like, okay, it doesn't make sense for it to be Thunder Rosa. Then I'm seeing people going, no, it's just Tony Storm. Again, that's a match you could book on a week's advance. Right. Because those are all people that are currently on screen. But why a month out, knowing that January is already this date that wrestling fans have been talking about this whole time, knowing that this is the biggest venue you're going to be running in 2022 or 2023, that was already one of the biggest audiences they drew this year. It's L.A., I don't know. It doesn't feel much. I mean, that feels like something you'd have to do something big for. Mm-hmm. And there's no other bigger one. If, that is a free if we're going, right. if we head into this show and it's still a mystery, there's no question. I would have no right. question of who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But again, uh, like I said, with WWE, with uh, I said the same thing with Survivor Series, right? Where, you know, there were the two mystery partners for bianca's team and i was like if they go into survivor series without plugging those holes 
um, the fans are going to fully expect Sasha Banks and Naomi. WWE played it smart. They plugged the holes going into the show. Yeah. Uh, where, like, on the go-home show, they're like, it's Becky Lynch. Therefore, there is no reason to expect Sasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, I was I was very hesitant to say this when she trademarked the names because there's no other reason for you to trademark names other than your right. name on. Yeah. But I was still in, I don't believe you, Sasha Mo, because I was like, I, I'm not going to let you get my hopes up for you to go back. And now that we know other stuff, no, you don't trademark names if you're going back. And so I think that... Mm-hmm. I just don't think she's going back, um, and I could be wrong, but things could change. Like I said, like it is WWE, so they could see all this announcement and be like back in her phone, pitching the hardest they've ever pitched to get her back. You never and know. This, that could be why she's doing this. It, it could be that she plans to go out and go on a world tour next year, and you know, come back with the bargaining chip of a lifetime and right. resign with them. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but I'm along for whatever she wants to do for the next year or so. Right. Because um, this sounds like so much fun. Mm-hmm. Not an impact. Fam, I, I, every time I, I see Sasha in an impact logo, I'm like, the, you guys, the, stop using your Photoshop. That's not going to ever happen. That's that's not going to happen. But I, I just, and, and, and also the <laughs> fact that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Also I'm tired fact, of it, Will. Also, the fact that this is linked to Kyrie is really cool because I was one of those people when Kyrie left where I was like, I hated the way that they wrote her off TV. I'm like, give her a farewell match. You know she's not going to be on TV. Um, You didn't give us the Oscar match that you teased on Raw Talk. You didn't really give her. I mean, she beat Bayley as champion, didn't get a title shot after that. And so I think the idea of her being the first IWGP women's champion and possibly being the person that stands across the ring from Sasha next month it's huge and i think that's great for her i think it's i think it's great for everybody involved and of course don't sleep on tam nakano i know people are just looking past tam and going oh well now this means that you know uh kairi's gonna win it's just gonna set up the match yeah it probably does but tam had a great year this year and i think it's great that she's getting a wrestle in the dome uh words from wills uh want to just read a couple of things um salute to the three kings if the three of you had to book your own individual long-term booking for jade losing the title who would it be against and why um do you see her being women's champ in the future um looks like i still think it's joke is gonna come to fruition last week didn't i make a little joke about sasha and jade (laughs) it was a joke last week it's it's very real now um i mean that would be the coolest scenario that would be just magic on the screen right just thinking about the idea of these two face to face never would have imagined uh, i've seen a lot of people by the way using uh kiera's hair color change as another song I mean... but they're like hey why did her hair suddenly why is it not blue no more what does she know <laughs> oh man by the uh, way I I thought that the red velvet and Jade stuff was over until this week, and I watched mm-hmm. how I watched that red. Oh velvet no! Was looking at her um, during her during her uh, celebration and how she was looking at the belt and looking at the screen, red's coming, buddy. Yeah, no, that was what red's I said. Coming I, to challenge. That, that was what I said. I felt like the story was because I was listening to people go, "Well, why is she being mean to the baddies?" And I'm like, "Do you not see that she that the baddies are starting to look at that title like, hey." Jade, you're getting a little bold. 
and I see a championship in my future. And the way, yeah, Red Velvet was eyeing the championship after the match was over. She looked at the belt. She kind of gave Jade a look like, keep talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everything about it, the way that, you know, when she first got on screen and raised the belt, that Red w- walked across her and yep. Jade looked at her, and it was just like, oh, yeah, that match is coming. And oh, yeah. They, they coming. have great chemistry together, so I think that's going to be a good few for Jade, but I don't think Red is going to beat her. I think that there was a time where that could have been the payoff, but I, I think it's a little too late for that. Um, and not to say I would be mad at it, but I think that now that you've built up the streak so much, it has to be somebody big. And yeah. so I feel like if it isn't going to be Willow and you have the chance to have Mercedes on your television, I think it has to be her. Uh, Eloquent says, Hit Row might need to turn heel. Um, and go. Hit Row's got to do something different. Yeah. Um, I I thought at least they looked good this week and they at least got to stand tall this week because they've been getting beat up a lot. Uh, but, boy, I just don't like the way that WWE presents tag team wrestling. Um, right. I think it's becoming mm-hmm. a problem. And that kind of goes into my issue with the Usos being number one, um, is that I just feel like... There yeah, that's why I take it up with Reg. He made the whole list. He is Mr. <laughs> PWI. From is... one to 100, all the tag teams. <laughs> yeah, I just... I just don't like the way they present tag team wrestling because it, right. it just there are no real stories behind between the tag teams. There are no feuds with the tag teams. Like it's just like all right, it's it's essentially just what Roman is doing. The Usos are at the top of the division. Nobody's presented as their equals, and they just set up random matches for them where they are thrown together teams and they beat those teams and they go, oh, we're dominant. And the only real feud that they've had this year was the Street Profits. I don't know of any other like consistent feuds they've been in this year. I mean, you can say that the the New Day was the continuation of their long-term feud, but other than that, they haven't really had a storyline or feud with any other tag team in that company, and that's not their fault. That is the way that WWE presents tag team wrestling, and I just don't enjoy it. Right. Yeah, I was still okay with them being number one just because they're part of the number one act in all of professional wrestling. There's nothing bigger in professional wrestling right now than the ones, the bloodline. Um, there, there just isn't. Uh, I, I watch the reactions they get. I have watched uh, how into them people are. And I just, I realize that this is it. This is the biggest thing in professional wrestling and the biggest in a long time. And just being a part of that and being both sets of tag team champions, that's an easy case for number one. I do agree with you that they haven't necessarily had like a real big tag team program outside of the Street Profits this year. Um, I even mentioned on, on Twitter, and I asked somebody who was kind of um, arguing about it a little bit, uh, and I said, do you remember who they faced at WrestleMania this year? And the answer, by the way, for those who don't remember, is Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Right. Um, no, you don't remember who that they faced a, at WrestleMania. That was a WrestleMania match, guys. <laughs> that, that was, yes, you do not remember who the Usos faced at WrestleMania. Yeah, and, and look, but, man, I, uh, the Usos are great. I think what they're doing is historic. I mean, just this week alone, they're the first tag team to defend titles on both Raw and SmackDown in the same week. Um, they're also, I believe, the first WWE team to land at number one on a PWI Tag 100. Um, oh, granted, this is only the third list. Um, and it's, it's still a, it's, and, it's and still you know, an accolade. Th- it's funny. The thing I tweeted uh, was that, look, 
your flavor has been recognized if you're a fan of tag team wrestling because the three top teams of that PWI list, which, by the way, last year's list had a Righteous Reg story on the cover, um, the, his Big E story. Uh, I still have that magazine sitting on my nightstand. Yeah, but uh, um, the three teams who have topped the list have been FTR, the Young Bucks, the Usos. If yeah, you like yeah. tag team wrestling... Your flavor of tag team wrestling has likely been recognized, mm-hmm. um, and because yeah. you may be into the you may be into FTR style. I know a lot of people who are. You may be into the Young Buck style. I know a lot of people who are. Uh, and <laughs> uh, and or you may be yeah, into what the Usos were bring to surprisingly the table. not in the top five. And there's yeah. another team that's really into what the what the Young Bucks do. The ones that were on the cover of the list this year. That's the reason that they're on the cover of this list this year. Because they stole all of their shtick. And I'm going to go for it forever. That's look, man. I, it's, I'm not going to. It's Roman look, residuals. They're on look, the cover of the Roman cousins. I'm, I'm like not going to say all that, all right, Reg? Because first off, I'd imagine the Usos were probably more so watching... The Young Bucks versus the Briscoes, and we're like, hey, just give us all of that. But anyway, <laughs> right. yeah. no, I love the, the Usos. I really do. I really do. But they really are what would happen if like you had the Young Bucks versus uh, the Briscoes, which has happened over fifty times, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow an explosion happened, and it merged them all into two people, and then all of a sudden the Usos came out. Um, because, like, honestly, I've always liked the Usos. I'd like the Usos from the time they, they stepped into WWE, although, um, you know, I thought Bret Hart's introduction of them where he was like, those are the Oozles. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that was, <laughs> like, I, I don't think that was their name, Bret, but thank the you. <laughs> but, those are the Oozles. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when they came in with Tamina, they, they didn't really have, like, much of a, a style to them. Um, there wasn't much of a flavor to them, but when WWE decided to kind of adopt that Motor City Machine Gun New Japan style tag team match um, around 2015, uh, when they decided, okay, this is our approach to tag team wrestling. Like we're done with with Road Warrior style wrestling. We're going with this shit. You know, we're, we're going you're with gonna get... what Regal's been watching when he's been scouting. Yeah, like you're gonna see PWG style tag team matches in on WWE television. That was where the game changed. That's where people started noticing the Usos. That's where the, the New Day went on their big run. It was having those types of matches. So like, there's I, I think. Anybody who claims that there, there's no influence there, I think, is kind of living in denial because you just they see. absolutely are. Yeah, you could see the rise in that style of wrestling across other promotions. And then right around 2015 is when WWE decided to adopt it themselves. And that created what WWE has today. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm totally just trolling about the Usos. They're a great tag team. Like, they, they got are. there yeah. for a reason. And a lot of their shtick, a lot of the Young Bucks shtick is their dad's shtick. So, like, super kicks, their dad was doing super kicks fucking 30 years ago. So, I'm just trolling. I want to bring it back around really quick with the magazine because I have a great interview or a great article on Leo Rush, the return of Leo Rush in the tag team 100. Double Leo Rush, shout out to him and Yo, who are now in the finals of the Super Junior Tag out in New Japan. It's a lot going on. Leo has been killing it in his New Japan run. If you haven't seen any of it, you should definitely check it out. Also, Kevin Knight has been destroying it out there with uh, Kushida as his tag team partner. There's a lot, a lot of dope shit. shit going on in New Japan. 
Ke- uh, Kevin Knight get- is looking fire, man. That mm-hmm. that drop kick is top tier, mm, bro. Insane. Let's get back to some super chats. Uh, Evil Diva nineteen seventy eight says Raw live versus AEW live. AEW better fan experience. Um, Far and away, I'd say that, and I've been to a lot of shows. Uh, I've been to over fifty WWE shows in my time. I've probably been to about like fourteen, fifteen AEW shows. Um, I'll say between the two of them, it's a very, very different approach to the show. Right. Um, WWE has a lot of downtime, which I will say, if you're into standing in lines for merch or um have to pee a lot that's actually like a very good thing for you like if you're somebody who has to get up and go do shit like between matches like there's a lot of downtime when you're um i remember being like kind of frustrated at the last this, draw this being a pitch for a wrestling show is crazy if you like to Look. not watch wrestling come to the show <laughs> no wow. like i was like last raw i was at right like uh the thing i talked about where somebody has an entrance and then they go to break from the live fan perspective, you're just sitting there while this person stands in the ring. And so, um, you know, it is one of those things where if you're somebody who gets up a lot and, like, has to go to the bathroom, do all of that shit, um, it's actually a show that is a little more respectful of your time. Because AEW shows are very much just like, go, 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 go. It's like, thing, 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 thing. And if you're the type that has to get up, you're going to miss something. Um, because yeah. that's... Uh, all, that's just... all you people were mad that Paul White was on All Out 2021. That's why I was there. Give you <laughs> some rest. Give you a break. You would have thought the show right. was over the way people got the <laughs> amount of people who got up for Paul White versus QT Marshall. You would have thought the show ended. I took a video of people, of how many people were hitting the exits, hitting the bathrooms um, during that match. And it was, see, I chose during judas uh i was like you know what i'm gonna avoid some lines i'm gonna go get my cm punk ice cream bar as soon as judas hit i'm like look all these people they're gonna want to stand around and sing it head to the bathroom and i did but that's where i bumped it that's where i bumped into phil perfect thank you chris jericho for bringing us together we appreciate you <laughs> i bumped into <laughs> phil in the lobby <laughs> and grass city started thank yeah. you chris <laughs> Oh boy, in the lobby, yeah. buddy. So, like, because sometimes you have to play it strategically of, like, a, all right, I'm not trying to stand in a long-ass line for the bathroom, but I know I have to go. So I'm not going to go when you all go. I'm going right. to do something else. So Judas is an excellent time because you know all the people are going to want to stand around. And, look, obviously, as I said, I have been to, like, probably, like, 16 AEW shows, I think, at this mm-hmm. point. I've seen and been a part of Judas being performed at at least 12 of those shows. So at this point, I know the experience. I know Judas in my mind. I know it. It was yeah. cool. The, fir- the first time I got to be a part of it, it was like, wow, everybody just singing the same song. This is dope. And it's obviously it's a traveling show. So if you've never gotten to be a part of it, you've never gotten to see it, it is a cool thing to see a wrestling theme song being sung word for word. There's still nothing like that in history. But once yeah. it's happened, I can be without it. <laughs> Definitely. I've seen it multiple times this year. Right. Uh, so anyway, as far as the better live experience, it just depends on what you're out there for. Um, again, there has been something to WWE shows lately where crowds kind of sitting on their hands. Uh, Raw this past Monday, um, I thought the main event was a lot better than the crowd was giving to it, where... 
Uh, you know, the the match started out with, uh, and I'm talking about the triple threat between Nikki Cross, um, uh, Alexa Bliss, and uh, Becky Lynch. And I thought the crowd, like, you know, the match started with Nikki Cross kind of going nuts at the top of the match and then getting tossed out of the ring. Zero reaction for any of that. And then there's a standoff between Becky Lynch and, uh, and Alexa Bliss. And I'm thinking, I know pro wrestling. I know what they're looking for, but they're not necessarily getting it. But they're looking for that ovation, everybody ready for these two strong baby faces to go at it. There's like a light Becky chant when it happens. And then they go for these exchanges, and there's multiple one, two, kick out, one, two, kick out, all of that. And you know anywhere else this match is taking place, you'd be hearing one, two, two, sweet, sometimes. Um, But, uh, you know, you'd be hearing that a lot throughout these exchanges. Nothing, nothing well, from that crowd, and I just thought, damn! Like I, I want to see all of this action I'm seeing with a stronger audience, and I'm starting right. to wonder where that audience is because, like, um, there are certain cities where you know you're not going to get that from WWE audiences. It's like you know, remember they go to Corpus Christi, you know, Corpus Christi's fucking dead, right? Um, but. Like, AEW hasn't even been back to Corpus Christi. Uh, they did it the one time, and we're like, okay, we know. Um, and Man, y'all gotta, They got to play some Selena at the beginning of the show or something. That, <laughs> that's what was interesting to me about the AEW show this week, because last time WWE was in Texas, it was dead. And I was like, maybe Texas is, is burnt out on this, but the crowd was super hot on Dynamite. Austin, Austin's usually hot. Um, Austin, Austin has been the biggest surprise crowd for me from AEW because AEW's had some dead ones too. Mm-hmm, um, but uh, I will say the crowds that they can count on the most are ones like Chicago. You know they can count on Chicago. WWE can count on Chicago too. They got All State Arena coming this Friday. I think they're going to be a hot building. You know WWE. Are you going to go? Yeah. It's the return of Roman. <laughs> I will not be there. Bro. Roman, Phil. Roman's coming back. They're teasing the Sammy turn. Mm. They are teasing. They are teasing the. Uh... They are teasing the made guy scene from from Goodfellas, and mm-hmm. you I should go. Sorry. You know you have an in. Uh, maybe I don't know about all that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, look. I, I you know, if you made one phone call right now, you'd be yeah, get that so, buzz at that show. I, I don't. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Industry, <laughs> industry will. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, yeah, I, I think it's two things that are happening here, though. I think that. Um, I think part of it is that Triple H has had to, you know, reinvent the wheel with a lot of his wrestlers. And mm-hmm. a lot of his people have lost a lot of their mystique. And Alexa is definitely one of them. I think that calling back to the Alexa and Becky feud a few years ago would have hit harder because, you know, people took Alexa seriously. And I think a part of Alexa winning Monday was a part of, you know, rebuilding Alexa because, man, Alexa has been uninteresting for a while now and so i think it was a lofty um goal to expect people to pop for that moment because i feel like becky has like sailed past her at this point alexa's not the star that she was two or three years ago Um, she just doesn't have that kind of um, recognition with the fans anymore like she has her devout fans but she hasn't done anything that interesting in so long that i didn't expect anybody to pop like they did and I feel like some of that has happened with other people on the roster as well. Like, I feel like the stuff with Asuka that they were trying to do another triple threat match would have hit harder as well if they hadn't booked Asuka poorly for years. And so that's part of why I think what she's doing on Twitter is leading to somewhere because 
the only person that's really booked her well is Triple H. And so I think that he, this is him reclaiming one of his NXT projects and trying to go, no, I'm going to fix this. So, well, as far I as Alexa hope. Bliss is concerned? No, no Oscar. Oscar. Oscar, yeah, okay, yeah. I get that now. Um, sorry, I, I missed where we transitioned to Oscar from Alexa Bliss. <laughs> no, yeah, like, I'm like, that. Hunter never booked Alexa Bliss well. Like, that was... <laughs> no, no, I was saying in other triple threat match, I think that's why some of the stuff of Oscar getting beat down at the end didn't hit the same because, you know, they've booked her to be a loser for so long. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that now, you know, he's coming in like, I'm going to fix this. They've never really booked you well, but I can fix it. Yeah. Uh, but going back to the question, I mean, going back to which is the better live experience, I I will say, um, I don't know. I think it's just what you're there for more than anything right. else. Uh, I mean, for right? Because like WrestleMania <laughs> could be like if it's, you're at WrestleMania, if you've never been there, and you see all the spectacle, that could be a better show for you than you mm-hmm. know a random AEW. So it it depends. Yeah, it it really all depends on what you're there for. But like if you're into just like the rowdiness of pro wrestling, getting a chant, getting to cheer, being into matches and things along those lines i can see um the latter being the case for you uh so talking about that austin texas crowd though that'll bring me into our next topic mm-hmm. again like i said AEW has a few crowds they can guaranteed count on and i think austin texas cedar park texas the heb center which is an arena they've run this was the fourth time they've run that place first time was the arena where um Nyla Rose won the AEW Women's World Championship from Riho. Very hot crowd that night. Jeff Cobb showed up at the end of that show. Um, that was I for an I, Moxley versus Ortiz. Mm. Um, they've, they've run that crowd a few times. That was one of the first ones they ran when they went back on the road. And uh, it, was, it was a hot time, right? Mm. Um, wasn't that it was Moxley versus Carl Anderson uh, also took place uh, – in that very arena. So HEB Center is one that AEW is very familiar with, and they're hot every single time. This was no exception. A big part of them being hot every single time is Ricky Starks. Yep. And Ricky here, uh, as a matter of fact, didn't Ricky win the FTW title in this building? I think that was the case. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let, let me be certain, but I'm it's pretty sure. Question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure because that was a really hot night for Ricky. He was mm-hmm. he was the guy in that building. Uh, but looking it up, be 100 percent sure. And man, I'm good. All right, the FTW <laughs> title on the line. Ricky Starks defeats Brian Cage. Uh, this was July 14th, 2021 at the HEB Center in Cedar Park, Texas. So Ricky Starks has had some career moments in that building. That we know. Mm-hmm. In this match. I mean, and on this night, Ricky had, I thought, a career night. Yeah. It was like... So, of course, Ricky wins the Dynamite dynamite uh it wasn't was it still dynamite dozen were there 12 people in this um but either way it was the dynamite dozen battle royal i think there was uh and through some shenanigans with the hardy or matt hardy and um and the firm ethan page is eliminated by ricky starks before ricky starks can even celebrate and it, the crowd was hot for ricky through all of that but before mm-hmm. he can even celebrate outcomes mjf 
MJF was fine here. No real complaints. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it was mostly a lot of the same shtick and mm-hmm. some low-hanging fruit. And that's exactly what Ricky called out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought Ricky had his career promo. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think? I mean, I thought I thought MJF promo was really good. I thought that it was it is what you'd expect from MJF, but um, he's so good because he always leaves enough room for the babyface to come in. He's a very yeah. good heel because he's smart enough to um, not bury someone enough where they can't come back from it. Yeah. And, and so I think you know, as much as we want to give Ricky his credit and deserves credit for a great promo, is that. You know, part of this is having a great dance partner in, in MJF. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. No, I, and again, I like when I say low-hanging fruit, what I mean is like the pebble was like an easy the rock. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean, we, that was, we've heard that a million times. the Rudy Poo line was hilarious. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, no, nah, MJF definitely came back and smoked this promo. Uh, after a really good win, too, in the Battle Royal, and, man, sealed it with a fantastic spear afterwards. Um, right. literally spirit this guy out of his shoes mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um yeah i thought his promo was amazing and the only thing that i kind of don't like is that we're doing a winner take all match now because now it tells me that he's absolutely losing and i mean i knew he's gonna lose the title match anyway but i thought at least he was gonna win the the dynamite diamond ring but now it feels like he's gonna lose both mm-hmm. i think what I got out of this and why I liked it so much is that I felt like this does not need to be the end. And right. I like that. I feel like everybody needs their career counterpart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rick, MJF's career rivals right now have been Cody and punk and punk. Amen. But the thing about those two is that um, as far as, Cody and Punk are concerned. They're considered above MJF. They're considered right. guys that he was kind of, you know, rising to fight. But they're not necessarily his counterparts. Hangman has been more of a counterpart to to MJF, but you know, we didn't get to revisit that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they're still holding off for like a big time to revisit that one. But all of a sudden now, here on the microphone, the way that these two hung with each other, I now fully believe that. Ricky Starks could be the career counterpart to MJF. Yeah. That you can revisit this many times down the line if you want to. And I think they can come off like career rivals in the same way. On Day After Dynamite this week, I compared it to Rock and Triple H and how I don't care how far Hunter gets from The Rock. That is his career rival. That is, is. That is his career counterpart. counterpart. Those two are joined at the hip whether it was 98 as dx versus the nation whether it was both of them rising through 99 whether it was 2000 with the two of them being the top guys whether you go back to 96 and the two of them being just really undercard guys intercontinental title stuff like at the end of the day all along the line it was rock and triple h on that same path, you could even sense some like real life jealousy. I mean, and, and young Rock, he says he makes it like from the immediate meeting that they had beef or some kind of like professional wanting yeah, to come up or I above mean, each other, it, and you it, can feel it. It's a known story that his guy, HBK, yeah, was doing some funny yeah. business. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? I just thought about dude because there's a uh, there's a, a famous story that The Rock hates Shawn Michaels because Shawn Michaels 
treated his grandma wrong. Shawn Michaels is nowhere to be found in Young Rock. There's not one. There's not a Shawn Michaels cosplay. They don't talk about Shawn Michaels. You wouldn't think he existed in the time that they show. Like he I mean, doesn't exist in the show. Look, I said this last year on the show. I have this working conspiracy theory in my brain that Rock went to Hollywood because Shawn Michaels came out of retirement. Like, it happened <laughs> right around the same yeah, time where right. Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels returns in 2002, and he's like, I'm back full time. And Rock's like, what else we got? I'm out. But he just looks but, around, fuck this. But, <laughs> and like, I, thought, I used to think that the whole time, right? I'm like, I just wonder, I wonder what's up with this. And my theory was confirmed in my brain, conspiracy theory confirmed in my brain when Shawn retired in 2010. Rock returns in 2011. <laughs> like, <laughs> Damn. Like, all of a sudden, 2010, Sean is like, I'm done. No more. And now Rock's like, all right, let me see. I'll come back and work with John Cena because I know that I'm not going to deal with Shawn Michaels at any point. And Rock was asked when uh, in 2011 when he made his comeback and he was like, all right, I'm going to have some matches. Uh, I've got to work with John Cena. I'm going to work R-Truth the Miz. And they, they asked him, are you planning on working with Shawn Michaels? And he gave a very you know diplomatic rock answer where he's like, I'm not looking toward the past. I'm looking for the, toward the future. That was his response <laughs> on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but again, Young Rock, I Dwayne. think you're right. I think there yeah. is something with him where it's like, Fuck Shawn Michaels. Like I don't give a fuck hole. what he does. I bet not see not one heartbreak. <laughs> right. Nobody's here. I don't want to see no cowboy hat getting Nothing. that out of here. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's been a long time since the two of them have had any type of like on screen anything. I don't know. Interesting. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> asking about it when he gives me my interview. But yeah, yes. uh, the Ricky Starks promo was fucking fantastic. I like that Max. Like Phil was saying, Max lets the opponent breathe. Like he sometimes when a hill's in a in a back and forth with the wrestler, they'll try to get their little points off while the the face is getting their shit off. But Max let the whole thing breathe. He let Ricky get all of his shit off. He let the moment he let Ricky have the moment, even though he's the world champ. And like you just can't get a better opponent than that. Yeah. I think this is gonna go on like Phil was saying. This is like the match if Max get past the 2024 war or whatever the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, like I said, I think you can revisit this multiple times. Right. And I think this is a good place to start it. I think we now know Ricky has, or MJF has somebody that can hang with him. Um, and yeah, like I said, MJF got some shots in, um, but they weren't shots that Ricky wasn't able to bounce back from. That, right. you know, he, when he called him the pebble and all that stuff. And, uh, but. You know, Ricky's just like, you're a wannabe Roddy Piper um, and, and all that stuff. It, it all worked. I thought MJF sold it all really well. This was an excellent segment. I thought mm-hmm. that no matter what happens this Wednesday at Winter is Coming, I think Ricky Starks comes out of this feeling like a top guy. I think he's yep. somebody you can start putting on the posters because yep. he, he is one of those guys now. He is somebody yeah. who can compete for the world title. For sure. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, I thought that the, this was the right way to do it. I think the story of him trying to come for everything that MJF has is a good story. 
um, I just think that he's going to lose now. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I think people that are building up in their minds, he has to win this match. Gonna yeah, really those people, uh, I feel hey, that's a You yeah. know what, though? That's okay. I want people to build themselves up for that kind of I stuff for so. these matches because I that's the atmosphere I want for but these matches. But then they get so upset when, they, when, it, when he loses and you're like, but you knew already. Why are you But serious? But you know what? Good. <laughs> MJF said heel. Like, he should right. be getting those types of reactions. This is actually what you want for this type of match. You want to look at these matches and go, Babyface is somebody I want to see win, I think is going to win. And you want to see the crowd feel that. Uh, I want to see the crowd behind Ricky Starks in this match. I want them to feel like Ricky can win and should win. Um, And regardless of the outcome, that's what I want to see. Because he should win. Like, he should be able to win. You know, like, if Mm -hmm. he won, it wouldn't be like, oh, shit, that's the craziest thing that ever happened. It'd be like, that's great. He earned it. Yeah. 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 Uh, And... The, there were some other things on on Dynamite. Like I thought that Darby and Joe, I think that was the best Joe match best in match. the uh, A you know <laughs> Gary Gary Kidney said that it's been like a decade since he's seen Joe feel like Joe again. Right. And um, I, I said felt like Joe in the in, when he was doing the Brock Lesnar feud. I thought that was the most Samoa Joe we got in WWE. But beyond that, there's nothing. Thing. Yeah, I mean, he he's had he's had flashes this year. I thought the Suzuki match was very good. Um, I thought he's had other. I was there good, for that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought he's had other good showings, but no, this was very good. And that's because, man, Darby's very good, man. I Darby, I, I Darby bumped like a champ for him. Darby, yeah. he knows how to make it look. He does incredible, and uh, yeah. but I think it was making Joe look like Brock Lesnar. I felt right. like it was making Joe look very. You know, uh, it, it reminded me a lot of the Brock matches where, like, mm-hmm. Brock versus Mysterio or Brock versus um, AJ Styles, matches along those lines where Brock is throwing him around, but then uh, all of a sudden the smaller guy makes a comeback. And really, I, I even love the finish Darby hitting that uh, coffin drop onto um, Joe into the Kakina clutch. Excellent finish. Mm-hmm. Fire. Uh, yeah, he. Yeah, Darby always has some of the most believable comeback spots. Um, he always makes you believe for that one brief second until he just gets clocked by something that's like, oh, yeah, well, it's over. Sorry. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was another one I came out of, like, give me more. I, uh, I I said on Day After Dynamite, I feel a little bad that when Wardlow came out, I'm like, no, I want more Joe and Darby. I'm actually kind of over Joe and Wardlow, and they haven't even had a match yet. Oh, that's <laughs> the same thing that Phil said. That's funny, right? Then you just are, say that. Are we ready to have the discussion? Because mm-hmm. uh, I think Joe has been a better TNT champion than Wardlow. Yeah. I think yes. Definitely. Yeah. And the King of, I, I, Wardlow, I just think that Wardlow wasn't booked very well as champion. I was given. Uh, I was talking to Louis Dangor the other day, and I was giving him shit about his tweet from back. Louis in... Dangor, why would you give him shit? <laughs> <laughs> I was giving him shit the other day because I was like, "Hey, remember when you t- after that match uh, with Darby? I was like, remember when you tweeted that Joe probably wants to go back and that <laughs> Joe is better off one of on his 100? all-time worst tweets? Yeah. <laughs> was bugging that day, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, remember that? Tweets. You remember when you said that? Because I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... <laughs> yep. Straight up. Yeah, so. Uh, I, don't, no. I don't know, guys. I think maybe he's wishing he's back in WWE. I don't <laughs> Shout out to uh, Louie, man. Yeah. Louis. Not like it's not, I like Louie, but yeah. I like giving him shit, too. You just know that, um, that when I give Louie shit on Twitter, this is more of like a 
big bro kind of thing. Right. Because I know no. when I, no, can I say that? Because when I do it, um, I notice people kind of jump in and are like, yeah, fuck Louie. And I'm like, whoa. I'm not whoa. going there. I'm like, chill out, yeah, guys. Like, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I've seen people do that. And I'm like, no, I actually like Louie. Like, I, yeah, I, like, I don't agree I, with stuff he says, but I I'm don't not, dislike Louie. Yeah, I don't agree, agree with much of what he says, but I like him. And um, like, I'm, I'm definitely giving him shit here. Uh, this isn't a case of uh, like me not liking the person. You know when I don't like somebody because um, yeah. it's rare. Oh, man, it was so funny. But, the day of this tweet you're talking about, and I was like, Louie, what are you talking about? And I had that exchange with people, and people were like, why are you going in on Louie? And I'm like, I'm not going in. We're just talking. It's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. we're not arguing. Like, <laughs> I don't dislike this guy. Calm down. Yeah. Like, it, it's either way. I, like I said, I was giving him shit, though, about the Joe tweet because, again, I still feel like that was one of my favorite Joe performances, and I now feel like he may have a new counterpart and like somebody he can get a series of great matches out of in Darby Allen. And that's not even when that match was announced, I was like, Oh, you know, that's a cool little TNT title defense. Not one that I was even considering was going to matter in the long run. But now I'm like, I need to see more of that match. I need Mm -hmm. to see more Joe and Darby and let's fucking go. Hell yeah. Darby was a great TNT champion. I think some people forget that he was a great champion. He was the right. longest reigning still to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can say, well, Cody and Sammy have the most, they're tied for most reigns, but Darby still has the longest reign as champ, and he he went hard with it. He defended, excuse me, he defended it against a lot of people. Like, the Jungle Boy match is one that um, I always look back on very fondly. Um, yeah, he was legitimately main eventing. He was legitimately a draw as champion as well. He was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. And yeah, we talked so. a little bit about the main event earlier, but that tag match was fire. Like, FTR done it again. Like, I mean, I had expectations because we all do because it's an FTR match. But, I mean, that was some execution right there. Like, got FT, uh, got the acclaim over the way that they needed to. When I was saying that FTR should win, most people were like, no, they need a big uh, – the acclaim needs a big win. Like, why, why, would they, why would they lose here? And so to see what happened with FTR putting them over pretty much – that was phenomenal. Shout out yeah. to the acclaim. I think there's a story there and why they're losing, and I think they're going to come back to this. Because um, right. I think they're going to lose tonight as well. Um, and I think, mm. I think there's a story there. So um, I having this match uh, the same week as both of those Usos match, it strengthened my belief <laughs> that, yes, FDR is the best tag team of 2022. Um, they've had way better matches than Usos. They're more entertaining to watch. Um, they've been on a hotter run than them. They're holding three freaking titles. I understand the kayfabe reasons why you're saying Usos are number one, but for me, FDR is the best tag team of 2022. I just don't agree. All right. Let's talk about the matches that we're going to see this week. Actually, let's get through some more Super Chats and Humper Chats, and then I want to talk about it. Uh, Jake Salazar says, remember when they told us Lacey was banging Ric Flair in that Charlotte storyline? Van Twinblade says, a blade of grass uh is better i think it meant better better in the ring than lacy i don't think lacy's bad in the uh, ring we don't we don't have to do all that i think lacy's yeah. talented but i just don't like what they've been doing with the repackaging um leonard aarons three says name the last really good really emotional main event we had for mania now imagine if we get seth versus roman once and for all to settle it uh this literally writes itself in every possible way well talking about stories coming out of the, you guys uh the observer reported uh yesterday 
that there is discussion of Roman working both nights of WrestleMania, which I think is the right call, honestly. I think he should work both nights of WrestleMania. I think that um, if The Rock is coming in, I do not want that to be the only thing Roman does simply because you're, again, ignoring the roster that's been around all this time and you're essentially giving them nothing to do with the world champion in the world championship. I've seen people go, well, how do you do that? How do you run two storylines? Easy. He holds two championships. There's two shows. Right. You don't have to have rock. Rock's not going to be there every week or two times a week, especially that you could have one take place on raw one take place on SmackDown. And again, uh, I tweeted yesterday, make it be Roman's downfall. Roman is, egotistical enough at this stage to feel like both nights of WrestleMania are mine um, and make that his downfall that Roman has gotten so cocky so of the belief that everything is about him that in his arrogance of taking on two WrestleMania matches it ends up costing him his championships so you think he's going to put on uh, put put on the title match for the WWE championship on night one and night two will be the universal title match that's a way you could do it. Vice versa? Either uh, that you could do it that way. There's lots of ways you can do it. But, of course, the, the talk of him working both, I think, is the right call. I think that um, you don't have... I, I, I got some pushback on my tweet when I said that because I saw some Twitter? people... Co- wow. <laughs> I, I got I got some pushback from some people who are like, well, you know, you're costing the women's division a a match by having Roman work both. And I'm like, first off, I didn't say this. This is the, mm-hmm. the observer reporting this. I'm just giving an well, idea the women of how you can do it this year. That's what I said. I was like, this isn't the first time. There's mm-hmm. this is literally the fourth two night WrestleMania coming up here. And the women have main evented one of those right. um, of what will have been. So far, of the six we've seen, they've had one. So I don't know where this is coming from. Um, Yeah, if you've got Austin, Cena, and possibly Rock in this event, no, they're not main eventing. I hate to break it to people, but no, Mm -hmm. they're not. And that's that's coming from me that would love to see the women main event again, but... Mm-hmm. With though with that kind of stacked roster on this on this card, they're not probably not going to main event. And that's all. That's all I was trying to say there was that because I said what what have you seen proposed that would give you any indicators that they're even that that's even in a discussion? Because look, I love that. I, I think it's going to be an excellent match. They already had an excellent match on Raw with the non finish Bianca versus Charlotte. If that's the WrestleMania match, I think that match is going to burn it down. I think that match is going to be phenomenal. I think it's going to be um, probably one of the best matches of Bianca's career and probably of Charlotte's. I don't think it's going to main event. I don't think that no, match closes. I don't, I don't think either. I think the time to main event with Ronda and Becky passed. I think that was yeah. Ronda and Becky could have ma- Ronda and Becky could have main event in 2019. It's not main event today. Um, no. And so that's that's my feel on both of those two matches. I think that uh, it's not to say that the women can't main event. I'm saying that when talking just about star power, uh, <laughs> Caden. <laughs> Caden said that someone said Rock and Roman should open night one. Fam, you're not bringing Rock Come back on. to open WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nuts. you are not. That's nutty. Come on, man. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. Mm. Not happening. Uh, but again, like I said, if you got, if you got Cena, which it's been announced, Cena's coming back December 30th. Right. I've got to take here. <laughs> dun, 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 oh. dun. Hold on, I'm going to put this together. So uh, let's first talk about uh, John Cena while I put together what I'm putting together. 
Uh, but yeah, Cena is is coming back for um, WrestleMania. I mean, he's coming back on SmackDown. He's going to be on SmackDown December 30th. Uh, what are we thinking is coming out of that? Uh, I, the only possible place I think this is going at this point is probably the Austin Theory match. I can't think of who else his opponent is. If if it's not going to be uh, good Austin, um, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Good Austin. I, I, okay. I, and I'm only saying that because I'm like, look, I think Austin Theory's been doing pretty good, especially just no, in this No, Theory's rain. been great. I just, mm-hmm. I just took the chance to make a dumb joke because <laughs> this could be possibly setting up uh, him entering the Royal Rumble, which I could be think of thing because why would they bring him in December to build – like, what are they bringing him in at the end of the, the year for just to pop a rating? Like, I don't really understand the placement. So this could be him potentially declaring for it, the Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah, I mean, it always makes sense. But I just like the timing. Like, are it, how, how often is he going to be here before WrestleMania, I guess, is my real question. But I would think it's leading to him and Austin Theory, though, for sure. It, it makes sense for him to pop up at the end of the year because they don't have a pay-per-view at the end of the year. So they've right. got to do something big That's true. Uh, to kind of gather interest. So bringing Cena in makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming if I'm assuming they still don't have a lock on uh, the rock yet, and so I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I, I, if you don't have a rock, lock on the rock right now, you need to like start putting out some rumor killers now. Like that's the reason that um, I think there's smoke to the fire of Sasha, right? Because I'm like, right. if anybody would kill that rumor ASAP, because there's nobody more online in pro wrestling than Tony Khan. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody would kill that rumor ASAP, it would be Tony, unless he it's wants to be talk killed right, right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think Triple H, if he knew he had her coming back, he probably would try to kill it too. Um, but, totally. Um, but I also think she would be back by now if he was going to bring her back. Uh, right. There's that too. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Cena. Um, I. I am interested to see where it goes. Um, I don't know. Uh, I feel like they've got to figure something out with their main event scene soon because uh, we're getting closer to closer to Royal Rumble, and I don't know who's going to win this thing if they have not decided what is their plan for both of these belts. So you guys just decided, right, Cody? (laughs) Is it? I Uh, I don't know. So you remember when Cena came back earlier this year for his 20th anniversary celebration? You guys remember that? I do. I came out of that with just one feeling. And I'm sorry. Look, love John Cena. Been a fan of John Cena a long time. I literally own the spinner belt because John Cena. He was very nice to me at the 2005 All-Star Game in Denver, Colorado. He's very nice to most people. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a, he's a diplomatic John. man. Love Cena. John Cena is forty-five years old, and what I came out of his last Raw appearance with was he looks goofy as hell in WWE shop gear <laughs> at forty-five. There's just that something about up. him. <laughs> sure, that is fired up. I don't <laughs> dope like. I usually don't like his merch, but that's that's dope merch. Something right now just looks goofy as hell on John Cena. It doesn't look WWE the same. Shop right. He doesn't because, look the because, same. This is what I'm going to say. 
I think he's reached the point right now where this motherfucker needs to start making raw appearances in a suit or like Seriously. just some adult gear. Like nobody mm-hmm. wants to see that. <laughs> but look, look, man, look Seriously, like Ernest like out that there. Would be but like... he looks, he looks like fucking Ernest right now. I can't do this That's anymore. Silly. Mm-hmm. It's silly. I mean, I I get it, but this essentially would be like uh, Drake starting to make uh, mature music. Like, why? What are, what are you doing? Like, Cena's, <laughs> Cena's not going to wear the George? What are we doing? <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess so. What are we doing? It's like, like wrestling it like fine. But, costume. Like, wrestling it fine, like, okay. So but you want him to come out in a suit and say, word up, and do all of the... All of the <laughs> no! No! Like, it looks weird. <laughs> Be John Cena. I think he just wants him to be this version of John Cena, the movie. Scene. I'm like, you, look, you want him to show up with the suit and, and get at the top of the ramp and do the salute and run down in a suit and like probably rip this suit apart into <laughs> the ring? No, look I'm, look, I'm just at a point where I'm like, I've seen Cena now so much doing commercials and all of this, and he's like dressed like an adult now, and I'm, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm a yeah, will. like when I see him in Experian commercials and doing all this stuff, I'm like, uh, it's like you're not wearing that. You don't wear them shorts. You don't wear that. Shirt. Well, I know yeah. you're wearing. You're wearing a suit. He's got to change all of the entire presentation then, because I'm telling you, if if trumpets jump off and this man walks walks out in a suit, I'm turning the channel. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Like I don't, I don't want to see that. Okay. Uh, Jake Salazar asked the question: What's the upside for anybody feuding with Bray? Um, we don't know yet because they haven't really given us what is the story with Bray yet. Like I think it's too soon to just completely write him off. Uh, let's see, Bob Iger. You're not Bob Iger, um, gentlemen. Uh, with the with the young bucks being NBA fans, can y'all see the elite book death triangle to blow a three to one lead in the series? I've had that thought actually. That that's um, people I, like just to have people bring signs that say death triangle blew a three to one lead. Uh, I, that's actually something I can very much see. I see it. Yeah, definitely um, see it. Yeah, that BT segment this great this week was really. Oh great. yeah, the Daniel Garcia and uh, Private Party, great stuff. Was that Daniel Garcia's BTE debut? No, I don't think no. I think he's been on before. Okay, I I just haven't seen him involved in much as far as BTE was concerned. So, um, yeah, especially now that like Sammy Guevara's log is done, Ethan Page's log is done, BTE has gone back to being like the place to appear if you're going to do vlog type content in AEW. I think Since. they need to slow down with some of the Ryan Nemeth stuff. Yeah, that's actually the stuff I like the least. Uh, that is my double tap my screen uh, to advance five seconds. <laughs> some, sometimes it's funny, and sometimes I'm like, what is this, man? Like, right. come on. Uh, Zero Prime says, we get Sheeta versus Hater. Just please give time to Cook. I think they'll get it. I, yeah, I don't think they book a match like that and not give them time. Um, yeah, that's right. one of those matches that's going to be you know, high work rate. So there's no way they're going to be a short match. Definitely. Tenruza says the heartbreak when you missed my super chat last week. Damn excited for ROH and Mercedes and Trinity have me so intrigued. Uh, can't wait for wrestle kingdom and the full. Yeah. Super excited for wrestle kingdom this year. Um, I usually am. And I've said before, I think January is usually the best month in wrestling. Cause you get, what is my favorite WWE pay-per-view in Royal Rumble? You get Wrestle Kingdom. And you get kind of the start of all the storylines for the year. January is always great for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Jake Salazar says, storyline of the year, Elias, Ezekiel, and Kevin Owens. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, 
I will say Ezekiel does have one nomination this year. You don't know what, but he does have one nomination this year. Uh, let's see. There's, Joel there aren't Wood. any worse lists, so it's not uh-huh. that. <laughs> Joel Wood says, Conan recently said that the reason she's not wrestling till next year is because of projects she had lined up. That's why she hasn't wrestled. Um, I think that's partially true, but I also think that if it's related to WWE and why she hasn't wrestled, I think that, you know, they would have done something with her by now if she yeah. is still on contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joel Wood also followed up with, my thing is there's no precedence for this. If she was released or has a non-compete or whatever, WWE has literally no benefit in not letting that get out. Them not confirming it is stupid to me. Well, and I said this on Day After Dynamite, it's one little piece that has me wondering if this is why they've kept quiet. They have a show. Uh, the USA Network does, Barmageddon. Uh, and on that show, it's uh, they have an episode coming up in which Sasha Banks will be on. They've been advertising that. The show, that episode airs, I believe, January 2nd. And that's a show they advertise during Monday Night Raw. I can't help but wonder if it is one of those things where uh, as long as they still have like that kind of content in the bank, no pun intended, um, I, I wonder if that's just stuff they're kind of holding her name to until it's passed. Yeah. Um, Could be. That's just I, I a think, theory of mine. I think the other reason is why they haven't not confirmed it is because they've been still trying to negotiate with her. I think all the way up to recently, it seems like a big change happened recently because... I think that they were very much still trying to bring her back. I mean, Meltzer even reported that um, back a few months ago. I think that they were very much still in negotiations. I don't know what caused negotiations to break down, but it seems like something definitely happened. Mm -hmm. Leonard says, uh, there's a lot of folks uh, that are ignoring. There's there's a lot that folks are ignoring in regards to Mercedes. She removed all WWE-related stuff from her social media a few months back. She has a bunch of stuff that's not WWE-related trademarked. Oh, and they muted her chance at Survivor Series. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, we've gotten far enough away from this that people still have lessened the blow of the fact that they got on TV right, and said that she did not respect this company and tried to embarrass her. They put out whole press release about this. Right. No, they, they handled everything with this Sasha and Naomi thing very poorly. And that's why I didn't understand people that were like, oh, it's a work. They're just doing this on purpose. Like, no, they handled all of that really, really badly. And so if she is looking around like, nah, I'll come back, but on my terms. And if you don't want to meet my terms, then I'm outie. And right. so I, she has plenty of reason to feel that way. Graham B says, watch Sasha do more for New Japan than Jericho did. Uh, let's not go crazy. Let's, kind let's, of, let's yeah. calm down. Uh, because uh, Jericho going to New Japan did give us AEW. Yes. Um, and so I do think her going to New Japan is going to be a huge deal for women's wrestling. And it is going to be a big shift. Uh, but I don't think we should be comparing it to other things just yet. No. I, I, I think one of the things I dislike about the internet right now is that people – don't let moments become moments on their own. They just try to classify a moment before it happens. Everything is a classic before it happens. Mm-hmm. Everything is, you know, one of the greatest things of all time before we give it time to become that. Um, so, yeah, let's see what happens first. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got another. This one is from Tony P. It says... 
To me, Sheeta seemed like a mix of Bianca Belair, or Belair in strength and Mox in style slash mindset from the way she worked the matches I saw her uh, in JP. And I was wondering if it's due to the body type of the other women or just some other reason. I think she just has a unique style. I think that um, uh, ultimately she brings a lot to women's wrestling because of that style. Again, the first time I saw Hikaru Shida, um, and it was actually in person the first time I saw her, uh, I came out of that match going, this wrestler is for me. Um, and that's that's that. And she's, uh, I think, at least in my top three favorite women's wrestlers of all time, um, in that I just love everything Shida brings to the table as a performer, um, whether you've seen her stuff in Japan, um, whether you've seen... Uh, what she's brought to American independence. Um, I've brought up the fact that she had a match with Athena in Shimmer that uh, is really, really good. It was in 2014. Um, and that's one that I think, like she has such a history with people around wrestling. Like what her her career rival to me is still Asuka, right? Like that is, uh, I think... When you think about who Sheeta's greatest rival is, I still think that's who it is. Um, and yet, as far as American audiences are concerned, it's not a rivalry they've ever seen. But literally, right. if you just do a search on Twitter for Hikaru Shida and Kana, they've had they have wrestled each other up and down Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you missed out on the great uh, intergender match with Kenny Omega that was based around hip checks. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, Sheeta is amazing, and that's another reason why. I don't understand people like the Booker T's of the world and people that are WWE fans. Like, don't go to AEW. There's no way for her to wrestle. Like, fam, if if she shows up at AEW at any point and she just music mm-hmm. kicks off to challenge her, fam, mm-hmm. come on, man. That is going to be right. an amazing match. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's like one of the ones I'd start with. Uh, Van Twinblade says, Glory Pro tickets for January 7th at Del Mar Hall are available. Get your tickets now. Appreciate it. Get you, your tickets now. Glory Pro. Get them. Watch Get it. Get them. Uh, and let's see, Tony P follows up more about Sheeta, uh, and says, question about Sheeta in early fall. I've seen some of her work in JP promotions. Um, it is way different than the way she works in America. It looks like, or it looks as if she does more heelish and bully style. Um, what would you say, or what would you say she wrestles like when she is back home? Um, it just depends on the opponent. Uh, right. and, and who it is because, uh, you know, for as much as we all get uh, hung up and we talked about this early in the show on heel face dynamics, um, in Japan, that's not really a thing people get like terribly hung up on. Um, like it obviously exists, but it's not, uh, you know, in a, when you look at wrestling as a spirit of competition type of thing, that's just not something that people really, um, get terribly stuck on in ways it really all depends on the match and you you're going to change the way you work um yeah it, it definitely depends on the opponent because she's done it here a few times like if you look at that first reho match she worked the same kind of style um mm-hmm. most notably she worked it in the uh rio Musanami match um i don't remember which pay-per-view that was but revolution after the tournament yeah revolution um that is the closest to her Jap- japanese style of course she's working the japanese wrestler um and she worked very similar to that in the match with Britt, where Britt beat her for, beat her for the title. Um, mm-hmm. I love the build for that match, by the way. I think it is underrated. Um, yeah, her 
in that in the promo package telling her you're doing a lot of talking maybe i should shut you up mm-hmm. break that nose again great stuff um i really want she to be back in the title picture again i know she's getting her title match this week but i want her to be consistently in the title title picture agreed so i was eating a carrot and i know that's gonna be loud <laughs> as hell carrot boy yeah Although I'm seeing like 15 minutes ago that I went robotic. Why didn't y'all tell me? Oh, we're just yeah. letting you get your shit off. Yeah. How am I going to get my shit off if it's robo? <laughs> it worked out as long as you kept talking. <laughs> yeah, it apparently fixed, but uh, <laughs> y'all have to tell me these things. I just look like an idiot. Uh, anyway. You look cool. we, yeah, sure. Isn't your like, son in robotics? We thought that Billy was over there getting his <laughs> the shit off, like He's controlling his dad. Uh, either way, we've got – here's a good question because I truly do not know the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, Chicken Lil Curry said, Phil said it. I had this idea too, uh, except it also teases Kenny versus AJ. Mm. Yeah, we're definitely not getting Kenny versus AJ. <laughs> no. <laughs> Acting crazy out here. Uh, but Corey asks, where do you see Naomi in 2023? That is a good question. I don't know. I kind of see her going back. Um but it all depends on how she feels about the situation. Um, I do want to see her go somewhere else to a degree to just prove a lot of people wrong. Um, one of the things that I hate is how people uh, dunk on her style of wrestling um, because it's unconventional, but then they'll big up other people that work with unconventional offense and do cool right. things like she does. And you, you see all the time where people big up Charlotte's athleticism, but, Naomi is more athletic than her, man. Naomi can do Can I tell you what it is? What I truly believe it is? Why people do that? It's because I think a lot of people's introduction to her was the Funkadactyls. Mm -hmm. And so they have this idea in their head that she's not a real wrestler. She's just a dancer who they told to wrestle. When it's like she was... FCW champion. Yep. Yeah, she was in NXT. Like, that was how she was called up. And maybe that was the mistake, was that, uh, I guess, in hindsight, calling her up as a, as a dance act, people don't think that she came in as a professional wrestler, but that's not the case. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, but I think that's what it is. I think there's a lot of people who do associate her with just being dancer-turned-wrestler, not um not coming from a professional wrestling background but that's not true and she posted something very interesting this week also that we saw she was at a basketball game with somebody that we know interesting developments right i did see that uh which Hmm. also leads me more to believe that sasha is outie um (laughs) but uh no i mean look i love naomi man and i just think that she she deserves so much better than what she got at WWE. Right. Especially, like, she had several points where she was hot and the crowd was behind her, the internet was behind her, and they just dropped the ball. Um, and I don't know, man. One of the things that I think all the time when I watch D-Ball wrestle and he does the kick spot like her, and I'm like, people take it seriously when he does it, but it's a joke when she does it. And mm-hmm. it just shows how there's just such a, I don't know, it's just such hypocrisy in wrestling sometimes. It's, it's annoying. 
I mean, it's crazy to think about. At one point, Kiki Palmer was tweeting about Naomi. Bam. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they dropped the ball so hard with that Royal Rumble return because she mm-hmm. was hot at that time. They should have done something with that, and they never did. It just unfortunate, right? Mad King 1984 says, L.A. Dojo guys are killing it. Shibata knew. Yep. Nah, man. Shibata's cooking over there, man. Like I said, uh, Kevin Knight is killing it. Uh, we didn't even talk about the, the homie Chris Bay. Ooh. And Ace Austin. M&A, are, M&A Austin are destroying it over there, they're too. They're looking yeah. like they're going to win this tournament. So They are. They could possibly end up wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom as well. Which is also nuts. This show's going to be insane. <laughs> Can't believe it. Graham B says, uh, I hope cult of personality hits and Ricky wins. Uh, keep dreaming, buddy. I don't <laughs> think that's happening. <laughs> no more teases, at least, you know. I don't think that's happening. I don't think they want to do any more teases, and I don't mm-hmm. think that uh, we'll see anything CM Punk related for quite some time. Right. Um, the time that I think, do think that we'll see it, because I think the time to go back to the Hangman feud is by full gear. If MJF still has the title back by then, and I think he's going to break up all the punk stuff. <laughs> just because it's right in MJF's wheelhouse. He's just, he's just waiting to do his Jay-Z routine and pair some biggie lines. Caden mm-hmm. <laughs> says, on my way to final battle, should be a fun show. I hope you have fun. Awesome. Um, yeah. I, uh, what are tickets looking like for that? I'm always curious. Playing? What's going on? Shout, shout out um, Russell Ticks, but no, I'm just saying, like, how are they selling? It looks <laughs> you like. Said you got to get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> looks like they, they've pushed about 2,500, which I think um, Ian Riccoboni tweeted that this is the most attended final battle of all time. Because mm. uh, I know people people will dunk on 2,500 from an AW perspective and say that's a low show. Um, Whereas, like, Ian is looking at it from a Ring of Honor perspective of, or this is the most attended final battle we've ever had. Yep. And I'd rather look at it that way because that's that's how I'm looking at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, they've sold about 2,500 tickets. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's got the Ring of Honor stage. Like, for the Ring of Honor setup, I think 2,500 fans is probably pretty good. Right. Yeah. That's Ring of Honor. That's a big Ring of Honor show. Yeah, yeah, I think you're. I think you're in for a good show. I think the the main event's going to be good. I think, uh, for what I think of uh, the Jericho run, I think the him and Claudia are going to have a good match. Yeah, uh, the, the dog collar match is going to kill it for sure. Mm. I think, uh, man, Yuta and, and Garcia have not had a bad match this year, right. um, so they're going to kill it as well. Uh, and I think Athena is going to have a amazing performance and win that belt. You think they're going to put the dog collar match on last? I, no, I think not Joe for Jericho. You don't think so? No. Mm, why? I, th- uh, I think, um, oh, that's the thing we haven't talked about. Okay, guys, plug your ears if you're not in the mood for impact spoilers. Mm. I'm giving everybody three seconds. <laughs> three, two, one. So Jonathan Gresham is in impact. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He showed yeah. up. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah. he did show up. Um, speaking of which, because talking about the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view and how um, the world title did not go on last. Uh, They put the tag titles on last. I think Jericho is going to go last. But in this case, the last Ring of Honor world title match was Claudio versus Gresham. Gresham. I went on first. Yeah. 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 The last time he main evented, 
uh, S champion Gresham was the Bandito match. Like, right. Mm-hmm. And that match was fire, too. Oh, yes, yeah. it was. We were there for that. Uh, the So the question is, uh, is that where Gresham is pretty much ended up? Or do you think this is just kind of like a one-off thing? I have no idea. He's made a couple of appearances there that are just like, you know, a match here and there. So I don't really know. I can't, you know, I don't know. I mean, if this gets us a rematch of the Terminus match from this year with Alexander, hey, I think it's going to be great. But do I want him to land there and stay there? Absolutely not. <laughs> and that's not an academic impact. I just think that there are other things that I wanted him to do this year, and I, I don't want him to be stuck at impact. Uh, yeah. So that's that's news. Okay, now we can uh, resume talk uh air busby says sup fellas just wondering what was the moment for you when you knew vinnie mac needed to step down appreciate y'all um, um right right after brock uh f5 kofi <laughs> immediately afterwards um oh okay i'm gonna go a whole lot earlier uh about 20 years earlier mm. i'm gonna say that when that man brought out Trish Stratus and made out with her in front of his wife, yeah. uh, I was like, this is a nasty-ass man, and he needs to the go. The original nasty Ooh. award winner. Right. <laughs> in 2001, I felt like, huh, this is, this is what we're doing here, huh? That right. was what, how old was I? I've been 13. And I remember just thinking, man. Because I remember they interviewed Shane McMahon about that. And Shane McMahon's response was, he was like, yeah, I was pretty disgusted by that. And he's like, and when I went and asked him about it, he was like, yeah, it's just a storyline. He was like, you write the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> Shane been tired of <laughs> Shane bent to him. Yeah. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, well, you know, it's a story. We had to go out there and do it. And it's like, you wrote it. What are you he talking about? Right. Yeah. So... You know, uh, I it just it dawned on me right around that point that I'm like, yeah, this is a very much a self-serving man who uh, is is going to write himself into situations. I mean, God, the man had a match against God. Um, this was well, and that was like over the top Vince. Vince in 2006 was just like, this man has to get off my television. He's just. Mm-hmm doing too much i i at least felt maybe not creatively but i at least felt on screen i was over the vince the mr mcmahon character by the end of 03 having matches with stephanie i was like yeah i never want to see this guy do another thing on television ever again Mm -hmm. uh and i did not enjoy a single thing vince did on tv after 2003 you you didn't think do rag vince was funny I can't think of anything I found less funny than, <laughs> than Durag Vince. No, right. people, were, people were trying to look at me crazy when I was like, none of that was funny. None mm-hmm. of that was funny. No, I it did wasn't. not enjoy Vince on TV from 03 on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I was like, you know what? I would prefer if Vince just be... Like, the thing Vince did best was where there was some turmoil happening on screen. Who can solve this? No chance hits. And Vince McMahon comes out and makes a big announcement that only he could make because... He is the big authority figure. That's that's what he was good for. Essentially filling Linda McMahon's old role of like, look, he shows up when times call for it, and then he goes away and doesn't appear again. Mm-hmm. 
good. That's what I can live with. When he was involved in storylines, they were always shit. Right. And like I can't think of the last good one that he was involved in. Um, I mean, unless y'all enjoyed him beating up Stephanie McMahon, but that stuff sucked. Uh, and then, yeah, we had, uh, <laughs> what's the chat saying? No, I'm just laughing in general. It just like Vince's, Vince's last 20 years are kind of nuts, man. I um, mean, beyond him being the do-rag Vince, he also was the ECW champion, which double made me mad because I loved ECW so much. Like, not only is he being awful at this fucking do-rag, but he's desecrating one of my favorite promotions ever. I, that I, was that was I, when I, you, you said it right, because when he brought back ECW, that's when I was like, this guy, take him home, please. <laughs> take him to home. a home. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I was over Vince for a very, very long time. Mm. And but see, uh, I stopped watching for a lot of that stuff. I was like, hey, I'm done. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, um, it was cool when Kevin Owens headbutted him, though. That was pretty cool. That was cool. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and go figure. The, I said this, by the way. Uh, I tweeted this one time, and a bunch of people gave me shit for it because uh, I was. Um, I was McMahon-splained, uh, mm-hmm. but I yeah. was... <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> the, uh, but I talked about, because, you know, there were all these people who were downing on blood um, in wrestling, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, we don't need blood in pro wrestling. We've grown past that. And I was like, you know who um, biggest moments were made by blood? Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. when Vince himself was bloodied, whether people talk about the match with Hogan and how they were like, nobody was expecting the match with Hogan to deliver, but it ended up being a spectacle, Vince versus Hogan. But, like, big piece of that was bloody Vince McMahon getting, the, like, him and Hogan having a war out there, and then that shot of Vince creeping up over the apron with the bloody face. Um, bloody Vince being taken out by Stephanie and Hunter when Stephanie first turned heel. Yeah, Kevin Owens headbutting Vince and Vince bleeding from it. Bloody Vince, like Vince knew that bloodbaths made his stories. Um, right. Whether in the cage with Austin, uh, in the match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, Vince's moments were all made by him being bloodied, which was interesting. That he's like, I mean, so that's why I always found it interesting that. He made so many moments with it, but then he kind of had to take. But then at the same time, it's like we need the roster to make those same types of moments, but without this storytelling element. And sometimes I feel like a lot of what the rosters had to do uh, without that is actually been way more dangerous than blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had wrestlers tell me that, that it's yeah. like... Uh, Taking a big like WrestleMania Kevin Owens type dive off of a off of the stage um, to get that big moment reaction is a little more dangerous than say just having a crimson mask and also getting the crowd to go ooh right. So somebody just put that clip of uh, Cena getting thrown into that spotlight or whatever, and you had right. spark. I was like, no, nah, that looked crazy. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that looked crazy. I'm sure that was more dangerous than him just bleeding. Yeah. yeah, you know, four years prior to that, John Cena was also bloodied by JBL and mm-hmm. had this the worst crimson mask he's ever had in his career. But again, got kind of the same effect. Right. Uh, so I, I am I'm still a blood guy. I still believe that. Look, fights have blood. Like if you punch somebody in the face, they're gonna fucking bleed. <laughs> like I don't. Uh, I that's just how it goes. Yeah. Aaron says, uh, sup, fellas, just wondering. Oh, no, yeah, I said it. that already. That was it. We read that one already. Um, yeah, shout out Busby. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got we got more. Don't you guys worry. Because I am going to make sure we get out of here don't before you, this don't hour. Don't you dare be sour. I, by the way, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast. I know I said it on Ask, Ask Rhapsody. I hate what they're doing <laughs> with New Day. I, just, I do <laughs> not like it. Okay, NXT New Day is not for Phil. I huh? hate it, man. Mm. It's just like, I get it if you do that for people that were there and they had a time in NXT, so it makes sense for them to go back. But now it just kind of looks like, hey, you guys have lost your record. What are we gonna do with you? Oh, just go back to new, go back to NXT and wrestle these guys. Where mm-hmm. now it doesn't look good either way. Like either we're giving you a consolation accolade where you're not one of the few people that's a triple crown tag team champion, or you're losing to somebody that a lot of our audience doesn't know. Right. It just it 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 just doesn't look good either way, and I just feel like I would defy anybody to give me another example of a King of the Ring winner that got nothing out of it and fell this low down the totem pole afterwards. Mm. Billy Gunn. Well, I mean, Billy Gunn was deserved. Uh, <laughs> Billy Gunn was deserved because yeah. I came out and eviscerated him. But that's mm-hmm. what I mean. It's like, that's what worried me right away when you made him King of the Ring. You made such a big story out of how this was his dream. And Roman didn't need to one-up anybody. He was already at the top of the company. He was already up. <laughs> but no, we got to have him come out and humiliate Woods anyway and destroy the crown. And it didn't lead to anything. Mm. Um, so it is just feels the same way with Kofi. Kofi was humiliated in that match. Didn't lead to anything. And I just feel like now they're just kind of there. They're just as there as guys that will, all right, what do you need us for? Like, hey, you need us to go on NXT? Great, we'll do that. If you need us on SmackDown to do this, great. And I love that for them because – a lot of that is Kofi, and Kofi is a worker, but treat these guys better, man. They've done right. so much for this company. Treat them better than this, man. I, I, I just don't like this. Mm. Kenneth says, should Melo get called up after tonight or win? I think he should win. I would like to see Melo um, at least get a shot um, at the world title. or right. Not world title, but the NXT title. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to win it? I don't know. Um, there's a piece of me that kind of likes that Bianca never got it. And I say that because um, I like Bianca's first win being at WrestleMania. Do I necessarily see Melo uh, in on the level of the men's division as Bianca was for the women's? Kind of not. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would like to see him get something. Right. I, I think he should win, and I think that he should beat Braun, and Braun should move on. Yeah, if That's anything. Um, you know what my worry about Braun is, though? Remember when Braun won the NXT title on Raw earlier this year and, like, zero reaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think the fishing is helping either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Leonard says, 2003, Vince versus Stephanie, the finish to that match. He should have been gone after that. I mean, Vince was out of control in 03. First off, he booked himself. And I say himself because he was the booker. Mm-hmm. He booked all of this. He didn't have to book any of this. He had a match against Zach Gowan, mm. whose entire oh, I forgot about that. story, yeah. Zach Gowan is supposed to be a story of triumph, right? Vince beat him. <laughs> then it was like Vince versus Stephanie, one-on-one. Vince won. Like, it's pro wrestling. You can, you know the old Stan Lee, have you guys seen the Stan Lee video where Stan Lee is asked who would win in a fight between Wolverine and Mm Spider-Man and Stan Lee goes, I'm going to answer this question once and for all. Whoever I decide to win is Mm -hmm. who wins because it's fiction. And uh, he's like, stop asking. 
Yeah, he's like, stop asking these dumb questions of who would win between these two people. Because it's fiction. You can write whoever you want to win. Um, and like, as far as wrestling is concerned, it's that same deal where, as far as who wins the match, it's whoever the booker wants to win. And in yeah. this case, Vince McMahon was the booker. He could have had himself lose at any point, but in 03, he was so on one at that point that he was like, nah, I got to beat Zach Gowan, and then I'm going to beat Stephanie McMahon, and then I'm going to have a match with The Undertaker, a Buried Alive match, and I'm going to win. <laughs> Nasty. Nasty. The man, the man wanted to book an incest angle. I mean, yeah, you know? like Stephanie yeah. had to tell him no. no. The fact that he was... The fact that when Stephanie got pregnant, Vince's idea was, what if I'm the father of that baby? That is just... <laughs> he lasted for 20 more years after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> we were like, oh, let's just sweep it under the rug. It'll be fine. It's not going to be fine. Mad King 1984 asks, what do y'all think about Takeshita? He's amazing. That, Mox, that match with Mox is amazing. He's going to go all the way up. He could be AW champion one day at this rate because the crowd is behind this man. Where's the elite stuff going, by the way? Hmm. They keep showing in everything he's been doing on Dark and Elevation, and then they did it on, um, on Rampage this week, but they keep cutting to Don Callis scouting him. I hope this is leading to a match with him and Kenny Omega. Is what, what I'm trying to go with it. I don't know, but I are, are, are I, they trying I, to bring him into the elite? That would be uh, weird. I don't know. I don't know where that's going, but you know, all these people that throw around that word generational, our guy Takeshita is generational, man. Straight this up, guy is, he uh, gets it. He's a he Japanese. Is, he's Japanese wrestling personified, and he it, like it, it, everything he does looks like it shouldn't work. He looks like he's too tall to do certain moves and. It always looks great. His German suplexes look great. Um, he's insanely athletic for his size. He's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Now, I am reminded of the fact, and I was at The House Always Wins, um, but The House Always Wins, the only house show AEW's ever done in April of 2021, year and a half ago, we did see a match that was Death Triangle teaming with Matt Seidel and Mike Seidel, 10-man tag, and they faced the elite Michael Nakazawa in Kanosuke Takeshita. Mm. That was uh, Takeshita's first appearance in AEW. Interesting. And uh, that was a thing we all saw. Now, granted, that wasn't his first first appearance because he had taped the dark matches, but those aired afterward. Right. Um, and that never came out, right? That show? No. Yeah. Mm. Though Tony brings it up all the time. Anytime right. he asks about uh, <laughs> streaming services, he's always like, you know, I've got the house always wins. And I'm like... <laughs> I know. Give it to us then. Like, like, I was like, like, let us see it. Like, I, I was there. I saw it. Um, there was a Falls Count Anywhere match between Aaron Solo and Cody Rhodes, and it spilled right in front of me. I literally have pictures of Cody and Aaron Solo just like, all right, this just happened right in front of me. All right, it's cool. Mm. Um, but I was at that show. So uh, that's one of two times I've been to Daly's place was uh, The House Always Wins and Double or Nothing 2021. So... Um, but yeah, that was the first. That's a, that was my exposure to Takeshita. I had never seen Takeshita before that match, and uh, I was like, "Who am I seeing right now?" And everybody in the crowd was not even everybody in the crowd. I started looking on Twitter to see what people are talking about, and I'm like, "Okay, Kanosuke Takeshita." And like during his entrance, I'm like, "Let me just do some search real quick." Okay, mm -hmm. DDT. All right, all right, all right okay. I, I think I've gotten enough here to know what I'm looking for now. This is somebody who I should consider special. And then he went out there and killed it. Like just the little exchanges he had with Pack in that match, as I'm recalling, great stuff. 
Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, that's a match I want to see, isn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, the thing is, they did team at the House Always Wins. Could we possibly see huh. the Elite bring in Takeshita? I don't know. Um, Interesting. I, I, I feel like uh, they've got to make a, deci- a definitive decision soon on are the elite heels or are they not heels? And if they're not heels, then Callus is probably moving on. Um, yeah. Isham Crib says, 2K16 have an achievement for injuring someone on the roster. I broke Vincent's leg. Yeah, uh, somebody had me dying last night when they were saying that... Uh, they gave uh, Kurt Angle all of the 2K um, My Career dialogue to introduce uh, Gable <laughs> Stevenson to people. <laughs> Silly. Uh, Hunter Tillman says, Hey, guys, do you think we're going to see a lot of new champions crowned on Final Battle since Tony said there's going to be less ROH on AEW TV? Um, I think most of the titles are changing hands. I think, yep, I think, so. uh, I think Embassy's winning the six-man tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, let's go ahead uh, with five minutes left till that show begins. Oh, um, shit. Let's uh, throw out some predictions for everything. So uh, let me pull up the card. We're just going to do main card. Um, So main card, there are uh, eight matches. So here we go. Blake Christian and AR Fox uh, versus uh, Dralistico and Roosh. Roosh and uh, Dralistico are definitely going over in this match, I would say. Yeah, I think Roosh and Dralistico are winning. But this is going to be a sleeper match of the show, I think. It's going to be fire. Uh, we have a uh, six-man tag, as I said. The Embassy taking on Dalton Castle and the boys. Uh, yeah, Embassy is going to win that. Big mm-hmm. Brian Cage is finally going to get some gold around his waist. Yep. Uh, and I'm happy to see Prince Nana is going to get a bigger role. Like the, the R- What they're leading to with all this ROH stuff is going to be good, so I think the Embassy is going over too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Swerve in our glory versus Shane Taylor Promotions. My heart says Shane Taylor promotion is going to go over, and this is going to it's going to be uh, some swerve and Keith shenanigans are the reason I, why. I I think that uh, yeah, I think that Swerve and our glory are going to lose. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think Swerve is going to do something in this match, and they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. FTR takes on the Briscoes for the AAROH World Tag Team Titles in a double dot collar match. I think. I think the Briscoes are finally going to beat them. I think that I think so too. Leading. I think Briscoes are. I think they, I think they wouldn't do it a third time if it wasn't if there wasn't a change that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Juice Robinson for the television title. This one, I think Joe wins. Yeah, I, I think mean, Joe's going to yeah, go this, over too. This is probably the easiest one to predict. Uh, no, yeah. no shade on Rock Hart, uh, but he's losing. Right. Yes, uh, we've got women's title on the line: Mercedes Martinez versus Athena. I think this is Athena's night. Athena, yeah, it's Athena's night. She's been set up for this. Everything that she's been doing was to lead to this match with Mercedes, and I think she's going to go over to to win it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pure championship on the line. Daniel mm. Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta. Mm. This is tough because – This one me, is tough. Part of me wants to think that BCC is going to win both titles here and move on, but I think that Garcia is actually going to retain. They better not trademark the scissor. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. We can't do that. Please no. I mean, that is what she's been <laughs> since she turned. But I'm like, is that a play on her uh, husband's shirt? I know we're not supposed to bring our husband's shirt up ever, but relax. <laughs> 
I'm just saying. Right. I know. I know. I know. Uh, let's see. And finally, for the ROH World Title, Chris Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli. I would hope Claudio, but I don't. Has to. I don't know, I, man. I think. I, I think. By the way, I think both Wheeler and Claudio are winning, just because okay. I think uh, we're done with the Jericho Appreciation Society in ROH. Yeah, I think I, tonight I, it ends. Dan Garcia too. You don't think he's gonna? You don't think he's gonna have some time over in ROH? I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think the giveaway is the stipulation. I don't think Claudio's joining JAS, and so I think that Claudio will be winning. Cool. I hope so. Um, and then over on NXT Deadline, we've got Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn. I'm going to go with uh, Isla Dawn because she's just now coming in, which kind of sucks because Alba Fire loses a lot. But I think Isla Dawn is going to win. I don't even know who Isla Dawn is to keep it a stack. NXT, you didn't watch any NXT UK? What's going on? Mm. Uh, we've got the NXT tag titles on the line. Pretty Deadly versus The New Day. I think Pretty Deadly is going to win, and I'm going to be frustrated by it. <laughs> I could see The New Day winning this just to have that. Uh, that just to yeah, have that accolade. I, I have no interest in seeing them on NXT. Right. None. Uh, Braun Breaker defending the NXT title against Apollo Crews. Braun. Uh, yeah, Braun. I think Braun. Uh, we've got Iron Survivor Challenge. I'm really thinking this match is too convoluted for its own good. But Because uh, I'm a big fan of the championship scramble. I think they should have just brought that back. But I think the penalty boxes and the point system, I think, convoluted. Um, but Zoe Stark, Core Jade, Roxanne Perez, Keanu James, Indy Hartwell. Roxanne. Who you got? I think if this is leading to somebody who's finally going to beat um, Mandy Rose, then I think it's Roxanne, Roxanne. who wins. It, mm-hmm. it has to be Roxanne, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and Iron Survivor Men's Challenge. Uh, it's going to be f- to determine a shot at the NXT title. Carmelo Hayes, JD McDonough, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy, and Axiom. The only mm. guy in there that sounds like a winner is the it's man Carmelo. that cannot miss. And so I feel like he's the obvious choice. So it should no. be Carmelo. It could be Joe like, Gacy, though. Ugh. Oh, my God. Stop. I think Please, it depends. No. If it's just somebody who's another – if it's somebody who's going to beat Braun Breaker, I think Carmelo Hayes should win this. Right. If it's just another successful challenge for Braun Breaker, then I think you probably could go with, like, literally anybody else. you go right. with Joe Gacy. Or Waller. He's feuded with Joe Gacy a ton this year. Let's not oh, yeah, that. he kidnapped Rick Steiner. We can't forget about that. Yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> yes. So – or Axiom, you know. This is somebody else. I think – you shouldn't go with Carmelo until you're ready to take the belt off of Breaker is yeah, what I feel. I just I just say Melo because he lost all those matches earlier this year and they kind of iced him. I feel like he needs something big, and so I feel like he should win here. Yes. And let me make sure I got all the Humper Chats. I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. One last Humper Chat, and then we are out of here, folks. Uh, and this one is from Van Twinblade. This one says... Hold on. Let's make sure we get that in there. Van Twinblade says, R. Kelly had the balls to drop an album from jail. Where does this clown get off? Whoa. (laughs) Van Twinblade, bro. You picked our last humper. (laughs) Whoa. Money for it. Money for it for this question. Van Twinblade, come on. Whoa, buddy. Um, Where does this clown get off? I mean, I I think he's showing you very clearly where he gets off. (laughs) Good night, everybody. I think think the issue is is we know how he gets off. I mean, there's a piece of me that's, like, curious enough to want to know how, 
like what I don't want to give him the money for the stream. No, like, if there's I a saw... way I can like legally listen to it, but I'm like on the other side of it, I'm thinking he dropped an album called I Admit It and is from jail. No, apparently I saw a story that he doesn't have anything to do with it. Like somebody uh... just got a bunch of his songs together and put that title out there to garner up controversy because he can't. They're not gonna let him fucking record from, <laughs> from jail. From pre- he ain't in reg- he ain't in just like no he's de- locked down. It's fine. No, They're not gonna let him. In, no, he's not in minimum security. He's, yeah, he's, he's locked. Up. He's locked up. So yeah, somebody apparently just put this together and put it out. Yeah, As uh, record labels do all the time. I and I I have no interest in listening to an R. Kelly album. Zero. 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 All right, everybody, get your apps open. Get your Peacock, your Bleacher Report app today. And let's watch some wrestling. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, folks. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.